everybody and welcome to episode six, the Mo MMOs, Mo Problems episode <laughs> of Gaming Our 30s, the growing old gaming podcast from us, the Goodnight Groups. My name is Matt and today I'm joined by my co-host Paul. Paul, what does growing old gaming mean? It means when you were during the title, I grew older and British. And <laughs> Apparently. British, yeah. And British. Uh, no, you're just growing old, growing older as a person um, and, and still still playing games. Yeah. Do you think that, you know how like older people will get like these accents? Do you think that's just like their mid-Atlantic accent from a time yeah. long past? Or is it something that happens when you get older? I think it's the accent or like a, a formal a formal way of speaking from from long past i'm really interested to see our generation grow older <laughs> and see if like or i'm excited to see like you know a lot of people who like ape aave or like you know just like these gen z who are like yeah. yo girl like I'm, I'm really curious to see if that's <laughs> yeah. gonna stick around to like 90 oh yeah probably you know, i think it will i think it yeah. will but it's going to be funny when we're 90 and we say that stuff and the the people who are 75 are like, that's chuggy. Oh, de- <laughs> absolutely. What's <laughs> yeah. going to happen? Call back. Instead of asking you how you're doing this week, though, Paul, I want to ask you what your peak of the week has been. So what is the best thing that happened to you this week? You know, I hate to be boring here, but just like getting in some good gaming time has been a peak of my week this week. And also... To kind of coincide with that, this weekend right now, and I know this is, this show comes out a week early, or a week, <laughs> comes out a week early before we even <laughs> record it. It's, it's insane. AI can do wild <laughs> stuff. Um, <laughs> this show comes out a week later than we record, so we usually record the weekend before. So um, th- right now it's um, what we call Remembrance Day weekend oh. in Canada. And I'm sure, I think you guys have like Veterans, Veterans Day. Day. Yeah, that was so, yesterday. Yeah, so it was yeah yesterday for us as well, but um, we get like a stat holiday on Monday, so it's all a three-day weekend, uh, which is pretty hype. Um, didn't used to be that way when I was a kid or even like a, an adult like a few years ago, but I, I don't know. This company, oh. we get three-day weekends for it, and it's awesome. Interesting, because for us, it was the opposite. It used to be a three-day weekend yeah. for a, a lot of like schools and workplaces and stuff, and it's not anymore. Interesting. But I think... And specifically this year, I think it's because Thanksgiving falls closer to it than normal. Maybe yeah. that's why. So there's just so like stat holidays and things. They're just like fuck it. We'll just like every year we'll just change up our yeah, decision yeah, on that. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, know. So it's good. So three day weekend. Had a lot of time to play games. Right now is my Saturday. I'm having a nice time. And uh, yeah, it's it's great. So loving that and uh, playing some cool games. I I love to talk about later in the water cooler. So hype. I got a haircut yesterday. And <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're done with me now. <laughs> My turn. <laughs> My turn. Uh, no, but I, I, I'm excited to hear about your water cooler later on because... Uh, That's okay. Just talk about your haircut. It's okay. <laughs> because last week, I skipped your water cooler. Yeah, it wasn't. You're so concerned. I'm like, I don't know. It yeah. doesn't matter if anyone knows. I don't care. I got a haircut yesterday. and <laughs> Nice. Looks beautiful. Because it was Veterans Day, when I went into Great Clips, they were giving free haircuts to veterans. And I went, I was there as soon as Great Clips opened. Okay, it opened at 9 a.m. I was at the door at 9 a.m. How old are you again? (laughs) I was there. I just happened to be out yesterday morning and I was like, I think now I'm going to take this opportunity to get a haircut. And I show up at the door. It's like six or seven old men there to get their free haircuts and me. Yeah, and you're asking. The best part is you're asking for a buzz cut too, which is like yeah. you're you're you know of 
appropriate age. Yeah. You could have been a veteran. You're asking for a buzz cut. You're there at 9 a.m. with all the old guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I don't want to suggest stealing valor, but you easily could have done it. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because <laughs> the, the woman cutting my hair was telling me about how like it was Veterans Day and, and they were getting free haircuts and all that. And I asked, I was like, so is it like, do you ask for their card or is it like the honor <laughs> system? I love you ask. Well, because you asked, I'm going to have to ask for your card. <laughs> well, and then as soon as I said that, I was like, oh, she thinks I'm trying to weasel out a free yep. haircut or something. And then I was like, but then that's, yeah, like you said, that's stolen valor for a haircut. Yeah, for a great, I mean, not, no <laughs> offense, but like for a great clips haircut. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's not worth being plastered all over uh, Twitter or X for that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I will say... Uh, the haircut looks great. Thank you. So there you go. I'll also say just another to add to the list of things that could um, make you seem like a prior veteran. You're a big guy too. You know, you're six yeah. six four. I don't know if we've discussed that. And but so I'm not jacked. No, but you look like you could have maybe been at in one the point. At, uh, you know, yeah. like a like a a cut Adam Driver, and then oh. you've just eaten a few too many because he's a big he's a big tall kind of guy too, and he's just like cut. But like maybe yeah. you just like. You know, you've been out of the army for a while and you've been packing on some pounds. It's fine. Yeah, I do think there's always there's some sort of weird assumption when you're when you're tall like this that you were at some point also probably ripped. Yeah, definitely. I can and see that. That was I was maybe close 10 years ago, but yep. not not so much. Not so much. Yeah. When you were at when you were up. A uh, pre-pro athlete is what I'll, I'll call <laughs> pre, you. Pre-pro. I mean, we're all kind of pre-pro athletes if you point, think about yeah. it. Yeah. So the peak of my week <laughs> <laughs> uh, is just the weekend. Getting yeah. to chill out, play some games. My work weeks are insane right now, and it's yep. going to be like this for a few months. So I'm just trying to enjoy my weekends to the fullest. And so yesterday I went out to Target with the wife, looked around a little bit, came back. Watched some basketball, watched some football, played some games. It's just it's a good time. Oh yeah, good time. Love that. How was uh, Target? It was fine. All the Christmas stuff is out, which is really cool. We did yeah. look at that. Normally, I'm like, I'm not looking at it this early, but we're hosting a big family Thanksgiving this year. Both sides coming. Whoa, you guys yeah. are the the nucleus. Yeah, we're hosting it. Whoa. Yeah, I'm excited. That is really cool. That's cool. Because of that, we're going to be putting our Christmas stuff out like a week or two earlier than we normally would. So it's all there for Thanksgiving. And so I'm kind of starting this week. I'm going to officially get into that mood, I think, because I kind of need to get in the mindset. Yeah, 100%. No, I mean, Rachel and I did a similar thing yesterday where we, but like we didn't quite do that. Um, we were such shut ins. I just got a notification the other day from my phone. I have this like app for my insurance, my car insurance yeah. that's like tracks my, my driving and then like gives me a cheaper rate or whatever. Mm. I don't care. What am I doing? <laughs> um, they, they never raised your rate. So I'm like, I don't, who cares what they see? But anyway, um, so I have that just getting ahead of anyone who's like, I would never do that. Um, but anyway, so I got a notification the other day and they were like, Hey, notice you haven't been using the app very much when you're driving. Like maybe you should like make, don't forget to turn the app on. I'm like, bro, I haven't left the house in a week and a half. <laughs> it's like, no, I have no joke. I looked and I was like, when did it last track me? And it was like October 30th. And I was like, you know what? That is when I last left the house <laughs> in the car. <laughs> I was like, shit, that's crazy. So yeah, so I'm just not going anywhere. So we did, we went to shoppers drug mart last night for a little Whoa. late night 
uh, excitement, which was basically our CVS, I would okay. say. It's like the best one-to-one and you know sometimes they have like cute christmas stuff in the aisles and like, like they have like some a, seasonal stuff but like a marketplace like a bazaar where it's no all like setups, i know it's, but it's all drug dealers it's a bad name i think but like ultimately it's just like a it's like a, a cute kind of expensive drugstore thing that we have fucking everywhere and uh yeah we went we we looked at some christmas stuff i got this cute this isn't fun for the audio listeners but i got this cute little like christmas house thing oh that's nice um and it the little light turns on and it's, an a, uh, it's like an a-frame yeah it's like a little a-frame so it's it's nice so we we had some fun that was our outing yesterday we went out there for like 20 minutes at like 8 p.m <laughs> in the dark and then that was it we were like maybe we should go to walmart and we're like hold on we have to work our way up work your way up to walmart yeah <laughs> All right, well, very good. But, Paul, let's move on to what you got. What you got. In <laughs> what you got, Paul and I each bring a gaming-related or gaming-adjacent topic to the table to discuss. Could be a news story from the past week, general thoughts or discussion topic, or just whatever the hell we want to talk about. <laughs> so, Paul, let me ask you, what you got? That was really honestly like it's I know it's supposed to be funny, but like and it is, <laughs> but like that you're getting to the level here with what you got of it sounding like a radio DJ, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a shock jock morning zoo. Um, but yeah, I <laughs> I don't know if they sound like they're <laughs> ejaculating <laughs> while they're doing it on the radio. But <laughs> zoo. Um, anyway, that's enough. That's quite enough. Uh, so I you were you were baking my biscuits yesterday about coming up Whoa, with a topic. Wow quite honestly. And I, I forgot. Um, but then <laughs> last night at midnight, I thought, you know, I should probably come up with something. And yeah. then I didn't, I did. And then I didn't want to write it down because I thought it would be more fun to spring it on you. Oh no. But then on the flip side, I realized this specific kind of topic is such a thing that would be so much better with prep. It makes no sense to do this, springing it on you. But that being said, <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> so I was thinking recently this last week about video games as i do as i tend to and i was thinking about you know what did you see the announcement for the oled steam deck no okay wow okay big announcement they announced (laughs) yeah they announced a refresh steam deck it's coming i guess i figured it already was oled no so it was just like kind of like crappy i mean it's an ips panel but it was like it wasn't like it didn't look like laminated to the screen. It looked kind of like fuzzy, like cloudy. Not not really, but like certainly lower gen, like an old Nintendo Switch, which is fine. But it's it's one thing. But you also got to consider the screen's 800p, so it's already not a super high resolution. Right. Blah 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 blah. Anyway, color reproduction things a little washed out. They came out with an OLED Steam Deck. It's coming out. I think the 16th is when it launches. Wow. And they just like I mean, it's not a shadow drop necessarily, but pretty close. And uh, yeah, it's really exciting. So the the entry level is still going to be the base Steam Deck, like the same price. And uh, oh, actually, I think it's a little bit cheaper. But no, they raised the. So what they did is it's really cool. They they just took the base Steam Deck with the regular display and they raised the storage from sixty four gigs to two fifty six gigs. Same price. Wow. So anyone who bought a Steam Deck like a month ago is fucked. Yeah. Um, they took all the old generation of Steam Decks that were just the way they are and like discounted them by like a hundred or two hundred bucks. Like they're just like here you go. And then for the same price on the OLED Steam Deck as last year's like next gen, the next level Steam Deck, it's like double the storage, OLED, all these like refreshes. But it's awesome. They did so many things they didn't have to do. They like fixed a ton of the fan stuff. They totally like changed the way the actuators were on some of the buttons. They changed like the entire case is still the exact same shape. So if you have like accessories or anything, they're going to fit exactly the same. But they just like upgraded a ton of the little stuff and did a lot of nice to haves that people were specifically asking for. 
um, and saying his like little problems they have with the Steam Deck, which is like amazing. They really should have announced this like a month ago before people were buying stuff for Christmas. Agreed. Totally agree. <laughs> it, yeah. was a, it was a weird choice, I think. A lot of people probably have already bought Steam Decks, which is fine. They're going to be a great gift, I think. It's still going to be a great device. It's just like, you know, it's a weird choice. But yeah, so, so they did. OLED Steam Deck, very cool. And uh, it made me think. I was like, OLED Steam Deck, that's pretty cool. Or even Steam Deck is cool. And I was thinking about that and I was thinking like, when would I use that? And it's like, yeah. oh, I'd use it in this niche scenario. And it's like, but could I just use my laptop? Could I just use my phone? Could I just go on my console? What? Why do I need another device to play games on? Because it's cool, of course. Yeah. So like, that's a good reason. Like if I just had one, it'd be awesome. Um, but, you know, thinking about spending my hard-earned cash, yeah. I was like, hmm, I don't know. Like, is there a good enough niche for that? And then it made me think about all the different ways that I'm able to play video games, like all the different, uh, you know, different, uh, I don't know, machines <laughs> that I can play video games on. And so I thought, Matt, what are the different machines in your house that you can play video games on? Oh. And could you rank them for me? Oh, wow. Okay. Which is really hard to do when I didn't give you any prep, but I also think you're going to give some really honest off-the-cuff answers, which is my other thought. Interesting. Okay, so I have... So first off, I have a lot in here that I'm... I'm not going to include everything because that I would, would be say just include stuff that you have played games on at some point before. So you do I, I like if, if it's something like, oh, a computer that I use for work and I never play games on it. Right. Yeah, it's capable, but don't worry about it. What about like I have an Xbox 360 in a box somewhere? Yeah, no, not in a box. That's be set okay. up. OK, so things that are set up. So obviously my PC. Yep. My phone. Yep. My PS5. My Nintendo Switch, my Xbox Series S, trying to think. I Oh, well, I mean, I have my Game Boy Advance behind me. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking those. So here's the thing. Like Xbox, my Xbox 360 is in a box somewhere, not plugged in. Sure. But so is like my Nintendo DS because I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, I would say my bookshelf. Something that's like hidden in a box is fine to, to not include. <laughs> OK, so. I'll take those ones. Yeah. I think right now is at the bottom is my Game Boy Advance just because it's not top of mind at all for me right now. That was a two week, <laughs> a two week fancy. <laughs> yeah. No, I do. I every once in a while, I'm like, I really want to just bring it out and play something on it. But then I'm like, I I could just play something on the switch or on yeah. my phone or, or something. And I don't I don't know. It's just, every time I think about it, <laughs> I don't know. I do want to use it, but it's yeah. just. Anyway, that's at the bottom. Next to that is probably the Xbox. Yeah. Probably the Xbox right now, I mean, just because I'm pretty kind much of, a regrettable decision to purchase almost. <laughs> no. So I don't think it's regrettable because eventually I will use it when there's like a console Xbox exclusive that I want to play. Like something like a Fable I'll want to play on there. Yeah. Any sort of Xbox exclusive that's not a first-person game, I'll want to probably play it on the console. Yep. So not entirely regrettable. Then it's probably probably the the phone. In the water cooler, I'll talk about a game that I am enjoying on the phone right now. But as far as playing games, that's probably next from the bottom up on the list. And then so my top three here, number three is probably going to be my, my Switch. Yep. Just because I don't get a ton of use out of it. My wife plays the Switch a lot more than I do. 
But when I do use it, I mean, it's it's typically a good time. It's just, I don't know. I feel like Nintendo doesn't have enough exclusives that I am interested in. Like, if yeah. there's a new 3D Mario, I'm going apeshit over it. Sure. If there's a new... I'm trying to think. Jesus Christ. What, <laughs> what else would... I guess, like, I haven't been super into the latest Legend of Zelda games. Like, yeah. I like the the older style. So, I mean, if they came out with, like, a Wind Waker remaster, I would be super into that. And nothing like Mario Wonder or any of that 2.5D stuff doesn't really... No, I'm, I'm into that. I just... Yeah. Not enough to spend like a full price of a game on yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> at launch at least. Yeah. When I have so much else going on, so many other games. So I don't get as much use out of the Switch. Like she'll enjoy Pikmin, Animal Crossing, Zelda, Mario. You know, I'll play a I'll play a Pokemon game that comes out typically, but not getting a ton of use out of the Switch right now. Number two, probably gonna be the uh the PS5. Yep. I love the PS5, and it's obviously my favorite console, but because it's the PlayStation, it's obviously more limited than the the PC. What you're getting on the PlayStation is the PlayStation exclusives, and there aren't a ton of that right now at this very moment. You know, if you ask me right after a a new Naughty Dog game came out or something like that, or if I was really into Spider-Man 2 right now, maybe, which I'm not, I haven't played yet, I'm not going to my PS5 a ton right now, right at this yep. very moment, but I love it. So number one is the PC, because right now I'm playing a bunch of different MMO stuff, a lot of Call of Duty, which I'll talk about in the water cooler, of course. I'm just really enjoying playing games on the PC right now. Also, getting a lot of use out of GeForce Now. Yeah. GeForce Now has been amazing. It's been so good. And... Like yesterday, I was playing a little bit of New World in GeForce Now. Didn't you say you were thinking about Vermintide? Or you're thinking about playing? Oh yeah, I I I briefly played Vermintide too on GeForce Now yesterday. And annoying thing about that gave me a headache. Uh, Every once in a while, there's some first, and I I got rid of Motion Blur. It still did it. There's some first person games every now and again, as of the last couple years, that give me a headache when I play them. It's, some it's, games are really quick and like put you in the cockpit. I don't know about that game, but like I'm thinking about something like Doom or something where you're really like zooping your face around all over the place. And well, so here's the thing, because I was talking to Spencer about this last night. I spent all day playing Call of Duty. And yeah. I I move my screen around more in Call of Duty than any other first person game. Sure. But there's something about the polish that goes into those games where I just don't get the sort of motion sickness. Plus, there isn't a ton. There's a lot going on in multiplayer games in Call of Duty, but there isn't a lot that's going on right in your face. Yeah, definitely. But in Vermintide, there is. Uh, another game that I, that really made me sick that sucks because I really wanted to play it was Prey. Yeah. yeah. I can't play Portal at all i can't that, play i mean that makes one sense. or two i mean that that was the first game that did it for me that i was just like oh shit i'm gonna throw up <laughs> oh no the saddest part is that i know recently you were saying when last time we tried to play it was that uh sea of thieves was giving you motion sickness yeah sea of thieves Which the last couple times i've sucks. played that one i think the ocean probably doesn't help <laughs> well no i don't think it's that i think it's the fact that there is really very minimal ui yeah and if you don't have a uh, if you don't have like a weapon out, there is nothing. There's no indicator of like your players being on the screen. Yeah, it's kind of just like 
it's just a, cam- a first person camera yeah. with nothing there. Puts you puts you more in it. <laughs> you yeah. can't can't detach as much. Yeah, and you feel a little bit lower to the ground. I don't yeah, know. It's, do. uh, I don't know why exactly it just started happening all of a sudden, but it that has been the case. So PC number one for sure, though, especially lately, just because I'm getting a ton of use out of it for for playing games right now. But what about you? How do you rank your devices? Great question. So I mean. Uh, I also, to to keep it fair, tried to not think about this at all <laughs> as much as possible to to not uh, so and also because you know I'm me and I just didn't want to do any prep. But I will say, um, so yeah, thinking about it, I will obviously I have my PlayStation Five, I have my Xbox Series X, I have my laptop, which is you know my gaming PC. I also game on my phone, of course, a little bit here and there. And I was trying to think, I, you know, it's funny. I actually do. I will say I'm going to include it because I do play some like games on there. Sometimes I, I have my, my MacBook from work that I do yeah. play some games on. So I have to include it because it has some gaming on it. And I'm trying to think, but I think that like might be everything. Uh, like I have a PS4 hooked up, but I mean, that the, the PS5 to me like supersedes that. Like I haven't touched it in two years. <laughs> so, uh, so that's not a thing. But yeah, I think that's it. And so, I mean, I guess it's not even that many things, but yeah, ultimately I got to say like work laptop, bottom of the barrel, of course, um, I actually <laughs> will say like the, it's like, if I actually were to like sit down and try playing a game on this MacBook, it'd be a lot of fun. Like the screen's really pretty and like, it's just like, it's nice to play something. It's nice to play games in like a thin and light laptop is really cool. Like the portability feels really nice, but, uh, it's like an upgraded phone <laughs> sort yeah, of yeah. like, it's not like that, uh, I, I, yeah, because I can't. I've tried buying an iPad before. The thing is, for me, I buy a lot of this shit that would be a gaming thing, and I return it. <laughs> I bought an iPad last year, couldn't get into it. I was like, "Oh, this will make gaming on mobile so much better." Oof, I, it's just like touch screen, but big. Eh, forget about it. We have Steam Decks now. Do a lot of games that are on mobile for iPad or the phone have a place in like the MacBook App Store? Yeah. They do. So oh. because everything runs on uh, like the same architecture now, then now that like the MacBooks run on the M3 architecture, so it's running like an upgraded, fancy, fancier version of the phone chips, basically, oh, okay. and no more Intel. So everything can kind of work like cross. So usually when something comes out, like they were just saying with this, you know, they're they're really pushing right now with the new iPhones, like the Resident Evil 5, what is it? Resident, whatever that Resident Evil thing they're trying to pr- push and like all these like modern Assassin's Creed Mirage is going to be on the iPhone. Death and Stranding. All Death Stranding. So yeah. So they're like, oh, it's going to come out on an iPhone and iPad, and then it's also going to come out on a Mac. So they're like, it's all kind of comes out the same way because it's all basically tuned for the same shit, more or less. So it's kind of neat. Um, so, I mean, if I did do that, it'd be cool. Unfortunately, I mostly play like browser games, which is fun uh, during work, but hardly counts enough to do anything. I did install Steam on here recently because uh, our like security person was like, yeah, I use Steam. It's fine. Just like do your work. Like, I don't care. Like. It's just like up to you if you uh, spend all day playing Steam, you'll get in shit probably at some point from a different reason. But <laughs> but I haven't really actually installed anything, so it doesn't really matter. I was going to get it just to like play some idle games that I didn't have to play like in browser. Because mm, it's like yeah. sometimes I find that when I'm like trying to do work in Chrome, as you were <laughs> mentioning earlier before the show, that like Chrome is like maxing your RAM out. I have been finding that sometimes I'll use Chrome on my work computer. I got like fucking Salesforce and all these like heavy shit on there. And then I'm also playing like a idle game or something in the other window on my other screen it it fucks with my work shit a little bit (laughs) like it slows things down depends on the game i had to stop playing what's that stupid game i play hero adventure they had those really hero wars those really bad ads 
Oh yeah, those are the worst. I got an ad ads. for that because now I get all these YouTube ads, right? Because of all the bullshit. Yeah. And oh my god, they're they're obscene. I just got one where it was like all these Hero Wars characters lying on the ground on their backs, and there was this big like mommy like witch character, and she was spitting into their mouths from above. Jesus. And I'm like, bro, like this is a YouTube ad. Like, fuck off. I'm at well, work. You know what I you always end up with is you're watching a video it's like probably probably some like gaming related video and all of a sudden the ad is that blue haired warrior dude he comes on screen and he's like hey what's going on or whatever. i haven't had this yeah they so like an animated version of him <laughs> comes into the screen of like with the person who is doing the youtube video and it's oh no really bad yeah that is a lot that is a lot. And then they like have a conversation with it. It's oh, it's pretty no. bad, yeah. Oh no. Uh so yeah, so work computer lowest phone next. Uh I mean, I've I've done a lot of mental anguish trying to be like maybe I could if I get a bigger phone, if I get a faster phone, maybe if I like got an accessory for my phone, like you know, one of those controller things that goes on the sides of it, like the backbone mm -hmm. or the Kishi. Nothing makes my phone like a good enough gaming thing that I that it's not just for picking up and playing phone-based games. Like, yeah. I'm never going to play fucking Dead Cells on it, Hades, fucking, like, anything that required, that actually is built for buttons, to me, never works in my mind. Like, I, I, I've been having a good time actually playing, um, because it's on Netflix games, like we were talking about uh, pre-show, I think, I've been having a good time playing Sonic Prime Dash, or something, Dash Prime, or it's basically one of those, like, endless runner Sonic oh, games. Okay. Um, but it's because it's on Netflix games, you get, like, you don't have all the microtransactions, right? You can just unlock everything. And uh, it's it's fun. It's it's stupid, but it's like meant to be a mobile game, right? You just swipe around to like you know Temple Run style, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's that's fun for me. Or I play like um, you know an idle game, or I've been play, play pardon me playing a ton of Vampire Survivors. Although I'll say this later in the water cooler, I actually started playing Vampire Survivors on my computer yesterday, and I was like, why the fuck do I play this on my phone? <laughs> Which is pretty funny because again, I just like the screen's kind of tiny, and then no matter how big my phone screen gets. Unless I give it maybe a maybe a foldable, and then I'm like, this is a waste of money. I'm like, this is just like, it's too small to like really enjoy like playing like a game, a real again, a real game that's not built for a phone screen. So anyway, I do play a lot of games on my phone, but it's not. I wouldn't rank it high. <laughs> I try. I want so badly for it to be a better gaming device for me, but it just isn't. That's where these things like Steam Deck or something I think would fit really well. The phone, not quite. It's a different kind of gaming device like I'll, I'll talk about it later with warcraft rumble but like yeah. those sort of like clash royale games or some card games like yep. little strategy games where you can pause or like take your time yes. like those sort of things work really well on the phone but like a open world rpg just is no ass, complete ass on the it's phone. ass like i mean ocean horn 2 looks cool i'm not gonna play it on my iphone 12 with my little shitty little yeah. screen um, same with, uh, well, I was going to say a really good example of a game that I love that you're just saying strategy, but like even like a fast paced game, I've been playing this, um, Galaga Wars or some shit plus or some shit. It was on Apple arcade and it's just like you, as long as your thumb is on the screen, you can like swipe all over the place and it's like Galaga, right? You're like a little ship and you're flying upwards constantly and there's shit coming at you from like, you know, like a, from a top down perspective. Right. And a lot of fun. And then the best part about this game, the second you take your thumb off the screen, it pauses the game. Wow. 
So you're just like, you're just like playing, you're playing. And then like something happens, someone asks for your attention, whatever, whatever. It's a phone game. It's fast paced. You take your thumb off, it pauses the game. So it's just like, it's amazing for like, because like normally I find a fast paced phone game difficult because it's like, I have to like try to reach up to pause it. And then like, ah, fuck, I died. It's too small. That was a cool feature. I really like that. That was really cool. Yeah, it was, it was really neat. Um, but anyway, I'm spending way too long on this. My, so basically top three, let's call it Xbox, PS5. PC. I had a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of trouble here. I play all these, I think, like super. I think I play all these like very much the same amount. I gotta say, to be perfectly honest, based on how much I play it and how much joy I get, I have to put PC third. Whoa. I know. It's controversial. So I'll say I think the most miraculous device I have, like in terms of utility, is my is my laptop. I'm really happy with the laptop I bought. I'm happy with my, like, it has a GTA or an RTX 3060. It's not exactly that great. Like, it's not bad. I'm not like, you know, I, people have like older hardware, but like in terms of newer hardware, it's not like the top of the line or anything. But I've been able to get great graphics, great frame rates on so many different games. Um, I did have to like, but like, here's the thing I run this, um, I have a Ryzen CPU and I found that the computer was shutting itself off and overheating. Yeah. And so I, I actually have this like, um, which isn't necessarily a Ryzen issue, but it was with this specific CPU. And so I've actually had to download uh, and install uh, a thing, a, a CPU limiter uh, that people use for Ryzen stuff. So every time I start my computer up, I have to like turn the CPU limiter on and then sometimes Ugh. I lose some frames and stuff. Not really, but like it does, it does kind of like bottleneck my power a little bit, but also the power is good. So it's just like, here's little things that like are just something to consider. It's pretty straightforward though. I'm an okay tinkerer. Um, weird thing to say. And then, <laughs> but yeah, honestly, I enjoy playing PC, but I find that I only play PC when I'm playing with you guys. Like when I'm playing with my friends mm. who also are on PC, I also find that it's just like, it's easier for me to like hook up a headset and like go sit somewhere and just like dial into games. So I really enjoy that. I don't know. There's something I feel more like connected to the game. Um, and with, with friends when I'm like sitting and playing at a computer, I think it's just like habit from being younger. Yeah. Um, whereas when I'm playing on the, like I know a lot of people play cinematic games and stuff on the, on the TV in front of the couch. I'll even play shooters and stuff on the TV in front of the couch or I'll play like Fortnite or something. I know it's not optimal, but like when it comes to actually playing with friends and like dialing into that conversation and that experience, I do like to be in front of the computer screen and I do like my little lappy. It's a, it's a nice computer and I do enjoy it. But that being said, where do I play most of my games? This is a real toss-up. So I'm going to put PS2 number two. PS2? Sorry. Yeah, it came back. <laughs> I've, had it hooked, I've had it hooked up all these years. <laughs> I'm going to put PS5 number two. Okay. But I will say with that, with the caveat, that this was a tough decision. I've actually been... The PS5 has been rising up the ranks for me in terms of usage. I often want to turn on my PS5 more than I want to turn on my Xbox. And I'm a big Xbox stan here. I, I'm a big Xbox guy. Love the controller love the interface, love Game Pass, love the whole thing. But I have to say, PS5 is nice. That DualSense is nice. I, I do like the sounds, the interface. It's silly, but it does, especially as the Xbox interface gets worse over the years yeah. and like more and more ad filled and just like, you know, built around media and other things that just isn't what I want it to do. Uh, I do love the gaming focused uh, PlayStation interface, the simplicity. I have switched over the years, but I really do enjoy that a lot. It's super clean and they so clean. they have the ads too, but you can almost totally ignore them. Like they, they aren't at the forefront that you kind of like have to search them out. Yeah, definitely. And I also love, um, 
I also love like little, this is so silly, but I love when I'm trying to pick a game to play of installed games I have on the little ribbon. And as yeah. I go to each game, it starts like playing some mm. of the score from the game. Yeah, that's Love awesome. that shit. It just feels like I'm already like, I'm already getting a taste of what it's going to feel like to play that game. And like the screen changes a little bit. The only thing I don't like about the PS5 OS, and it's, I'm sure it'll come to it at some point, but you, there are no themes. Like you, you can't get themes on the PlayStation Store for various games or like custom yeah. themes with, because like on, on PS4 for like Christmas or yes. Halloween or whatever, I would get these holiday themes. They want to play in the background, the holiday music and have like the, for Halloween, like spooky noises or whatever. And it makes it a lot more cozy and they just, yep. the PS5 OS is way more sterile, which is yep. fine most of the time, but sometimes I would, I would like more customization. I miss some of that maximalism we had more in like the late 2000s even. Like I know that on Xbox, I don't think Xbox has had proper themes for a while either. I might be wrong, but I know you can like change colors and things like that and do some like of your own custom theming. Yeah. But I remember an Xbox 360 and the classic like blade, um, post blades when they started like putting your character everywhere. I had like the best Christmas theme and I had it on like year round for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. I just liked it. And it was just like this like cozy little village. Yeah. And there was like a little there was like smoke coming out of the stack the smokestack. And there was just all this like all everything was like Christmas colored on my it was just like the coziest thing ever. I love that shit. But yeah, anyway, crazy off topic. What I will say is, yeah, PlayStation 5. I've just been really enjoying it. I love the dual sense. The ergonomics are the downside here for me. And that's what I found is like pulling me away, actually. As much as I fight it, I still find that the dual sense fits a bit weird in my hand. So here's the flip side. I actually find it fits in my hand better. I actually find the whole, like the hold of the grips is a better spacing for me than the Xbox, which feels a little bit smaller and cramped, like more A-shaped where my, I'm kind of angling my hands in. I prefer the hold of the PlayStation, but and I've tried to get used to it. And I think if I just exclusively did it for a while, maybe I would. But I got to tell you, in modern day, I find the 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 left stick in the middle. I can't it 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 uh, cramps my finger, my thumb after oh. a while. I can't get away from it. Hmm. I, I just I can't. And I wish I could. Um, I play some games, but I find I'm always often like pressing on the edge of the stick and not like properly where I should on the stick. And then I feel like I'm going to wear out the grip. You know, I, I want to like hold it right. And then I feel like to do that, my hand just isn't quite like I need like an extra half an inch on my thumb or something. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a little uncomfortable. Uh, and I think that like, again, I just think there's like something magical about your thumbs sitting directly forward with the Xbox where you have your them on the face buttons and the left stick. And then mm. like the D pad and the right stick are kind of like auxiliary. And I think like those are the two most used things. And I think they sit there. Even if I think that like all the buttons and the left and the left stick were in the middle, maybe I could get with it. But it's weird to me that the, the, I have my th right thumb forward on the buttons and my left thumb sideways on the stick just feels kind of weird to me. Feels weird to me. I'd never heard it described before as the fact that they aren't like parallel. Yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense in my mind. I'm, I guess I'm used to it, so it doesn't, it doesn't yeah, bother sure. me, but the, the idea where your, your left and right thumbs are not in the same place as parallel does make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Like when I'm moving forward, I'm almost like moving my thumb sideways to go forward. How do you hold a controller? <laughs> no, I, I'm, no, I'm I know. Ser serious question I know. because there are way different ways that like I, I've seen people where I don't they, know if we can do this without visuals. No, yeah. But. I've seen people where they 
so with their right hand, they use the thumb on the thumbstick, but then they use their index finger to click the base buttons, and then they use their, their middle their middle finger for the right for the right button, and then their fourth finger for the right trigger. It's like a claw. Oh, I understand. I do it um, the normal fucking way. I <laughs> would say. <laughs> yeah, me, yeah, me too. Yeah, but you just showed me the way you just showed me though. You have your uh. You have your your index finger and your middle finger on the separate triggers. That was for fun. I don't do that okay. in real life. I don't think I, I do that. Either. I think optimal. I think the way it should that honestly isn't that hard. And I think if I train myself, that would yeah. be better. But yeah. it's like a thing with like the if you use both feet for the gas and brake in a car or something. I just would <laughs> right. I'd press the wrong one because I have too many digits moving at the same time. Yeah. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I don't know, but I think that's uh. I I think yeah you just use the the index but I have thought about that so many times recently like I'm I'm like oh, I'm using a different controller anyway why don't I retrain myself to like yeah. use the two buttons on the on the the trigger and the uh, the button nah fuck that shit um, but yeah PS5 loving it grabbing for it a lot of the time playing like even like free games like Fortnite on it recently and just like having a really good time and like I just I picked that up more than I'll pick up my Xbox I picked up I was playing Dead Cells now I found a good trick here with Dead Cells and games like that I I was able to turn on um, my directional pad as like movement oh um and then so I just used that instead of the stick and I was like immediately like well that's a, a point against PlayStation because I actually was so much more comfortable as soon as I started using the directional wow. pad for movement okay and then I'd like switch back once in a while and it was nice to have the freedom of the like the of the stick versus the the pad, but ultimately, you know how it is. So anyway, that was it for PlayStation. And then Xbox Series X is still number one. I, you know, it's not at this point, like I, I previously mentioned, obviously, it's not necessarily about the console being cooler or better. I actually really feel like my PlayStation is more of a gaming device that I'm coming into and like immersing myself in a game. It just feels more immersive in so many ways. But Xbox still wins out for me for two things. That controller just feels exactly like home for my hands. And it's such a silly thing. But like if, if I could maybe even just like get a dual a dual sense that has that layout, no problem. I'd sell the Xbox. <laughs> Probably not not necessarily, but like it really makes a huge difference. Like it, it's the main way you're interfacing with the with the console. And I just being able to move in that comfortable way that I'm used to is just prime. Amazing. I wonder if there are any third party controllers that have that layout there might be but then i'm like but then i'm gonna be like well it's not as immersive if i don't have the dual sense yeah yeah uh, yeah true so i don't know but anyway that part and then i will say i still i still have a huge a huge heart on for game pass yeah i still like game pass and i've been having a really good time with the playstation plus extra i love that i can play ghost of tsushima i love that i can play for horizon forbidden west which i haven't played yet but i'm really excited to i think get into sometime next year at some point i don't have like a plan exactly <laughs> there's so many games but yeah. I, I i was previously like i don't even care i'm never gonna touch it but I, I might actually play that i might skip zero dawn though and just watch like a video or something <laughs> i don't know i just like for me it's about the visuals i just love the visuals and forbidden west look insane it's so yeah. gorgeous yeah but anyway that being said um yeah i i just recently spent all week i'm gonna talk about the water cooler playing thirsty suitors on xbox um i downloaded jusant 
or Jacent, however you want to say that, from Don't Not. Oh, I'm yeah. so excited about that game, and I just haven't gotten to it yet because it's like a four or five hour experience, and I feel like it's just one of those things. I'm just gonna like play it in one day. I need a day where I have like four or five hours straight. <laughs> Maybe is that on Game Pass. It is. It's on Game oh, Pass wow. Day One. Okay. On cool. Game Pass Day 1, Thirsty Suitors, Game Pass Day 1, so many games coming out, still Game Pass Day 1, and I know that PlayStation's really good, they're getting some third parties, but still for me, I think they're getting a lot of third parties after they've been on Game Pass, and they're picking them up, and so now it's like, oh, look, at PlayStation has all the games that used to be on Game Pass, like, they're they're clearly winning now, and it's like, well, Xbox is still getting them first a lot of the time, I think, they're still getting some Day 1s a lot of the time, especially indies that are pretty awesome, and I'm not saying PlayStation doesn't, but just right now, I was reaffirmed that every time I look at Game Pass lately, I'm like, there's like 10 more games on there since I last looked like a month and a half ago and like three of them or something I was like actually interested in already like last year. It's really cool. So Xbox just wins for the comfort. It's home for me still. Yeah, it's still Game Pass is still a good deal. What do you watch like Netflix on just your smart TV app or like the Xbox or what? (laughs) Um, So actually, I watch it on like the because we have cable TV for Rachel's mom. So um we still watch we actually watch it on like our like i i think it's the the tech we use for rogers here i think is the same it's like what comcast xfinity has or something we have like a talking you can just like talk to your remote and it like has apps built into the tv and shit that yeah so like on the smart tv yeah, yeah so but it's not on the smart tv it's through like the like the the cable box what yeah so like you know how like all tv at this point is IPTV. like it's all streamed like even cable tv is is streamed at this point through the internet so I just like stream an instance of Netflix through my cable box. Oh, I, uh, I didn't I know that all TV was streamed. Yeah. So all like, I mean, I don't, I don't want to speak for every, but like 99% of TV is, is IPTV now. So oh, that's okay. why I don't know about in the U S but in Canada. And I think in most places, when you look at like big providers in the U S you have to have like the same internet provider as your TV provider a lot of the time now, because they run all the TV through the internet. So like if you if you're like, oh, I want to get Comcast TV, but I want to use like someone else's internet, they're like, no. <laughs> no, you can't do that. Interesting. I'm trying to think if you need to do that in the US, but I can't think of an example where someone wouldn't just package them together anyway. Yeah. So I think it's just like they're hoping they just don't have to ever have that conversation anyway. And it's kind of the same here. People aren't trying to really do that because it's cheaper anyway to do it that way. But anyway, yeah, so it's all streamed. And so I just like pull up my like my cable remote or I go to the guide, do whatever, and just go like Netflix and it like pulls up Netflix and I just like watch it on there with like the, the cable remote. And I don't, I don't even like touch my smart TV remote. The only thing I do is like sometimes apps it t- over time, like they put all the apps in there. So it's like Disney plus Apple TV, all that shit. But like weirdly enough, Apple TV, you know, how it has those like separate like I can watch Paramount plus through Apple TV. Wait, maybe that's a Canada thing. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's a Canada thing because yeah, okay. I was going to say I don't we we can't get like a separate Paramount Plus app, but I can oh. watch Paramount Plus and subscribe to it through Apple somehow. Oh, okay. So maybe it's like a workaround. Yeah. But anyway, the point is I I can do I can watch Paramount Plus through Apple on my smart TV's <laughs> Apple TV app, <laughs> but I can't do it on my cable boxes Apple TV app. Interesting. Wow. So it it's a fucking mess, dude. Remember when you just turned the TV on and you just like went to whatever was on and watched fucking Ghostbusters for the 19th time? Yeah. That was arguably better. It was better when you didn't know how better it could have been. But going back now, yeah. is we just we could never do that. Oh, no. No way. Well, good topic. Uh, you came up with the topic at the 11th hour, literally. and uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, good topic. That was fun. <laughs> so, Matt, mm-hmm. what have you got for me today? 
Yeah, so I want to get a temperature check from both of us on our current hype 98.3. Hmm? What is that? 98.37? Fuck, I little, forget what it is. A little high, right? A little high? Yeah, is that it? Isn't it 97? I don't fucking know. I want to get a temperature I'm check. I'm thinking about radio stations now. <laughs> on our current <laughs> hype levels for various MMOs that are in development. I want to ask, is this a new golden age that's upon us with these fully funded games now that we've sort of moved away from the age of Kickstarter MMOs? I don't know. Let's go through the list and, and see what we think about that. So this week, Paul. Yes. Big week. It was a big week for MMOs. So Fantastic Pixel Castle is a new studio that just sort of revealed itself. It's Ghost Crawler. So Greg Street, his studio. What do you think of the name, by the way, before you get into it? Any terrible deeper? name. Absolutely terrible, right? awful, Good. terrible okay. name. Fantastic Perfect. Pixel Castle, one of the worst names for a studio I've really ever confusing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Perfect. I'm glad we're on the same. It sounds like an Xbox name that would be created for you when you make a new account. Yeah, it's so bad. Um, so Greg Street worked on Age of Empires, World of Warcraft, and then he was working on League of Legends, and then he was leading the Riot MMO. Left that took a bunch of his people with him from that team to make Fantastic Pixel Castle, which is making new MMO. They they also poached Brian Halinka, who was the PvP and general like combat lead for World of Warcraft. And an absolute mountain of a man. And so jacked. Just <laughs> massive man. Seems like a nice guy. But he... I think is actually a pretty good get because say yeah. whatever you want about World of Warcraft, the combat is not something that anyone is ever going to have a complaint about. That's true. I'd also believe he was a veteran. I'd give him a free haircut. Yeah, I would totally give him a free, a free haircut. <laughs> yeah. Greg Street, I don't know if you know this, but he like is a marine biologist who likes just accidentally got into games. What the fuck? You yeah. know what? I think you've told me that before, but that's so shocking. Yeah, look him up sometime. He's, he's an interesting guy. So they brought... They got Brian Halinka, Candice, I forget her last name, but she was formerly on World of Warcraft and then was working at Riot with Greg Street. So a bunch of people he essentially poached to bring to this team, which is backed by NetEase, which is not the mm -hmm. greatest thing in the world. But if you look at NetEase right now, if you go to their Wikipedia page, you'll see that over the last two years, they've made a ton of acquisitions. It seems like they're really trying to pivot who they've been over the years, but at the same time, it's still net ease. So we'll have to see how things play out. Anyway, they had their first big company reveal that came with a like an hour and a half Q and A, which was both really insightful and also not insightful because you can tell mm -hmm. that they like haven't they literally haven't started work on anything yet. Like, that's how early this is. It's pre-production. I watched the first 15 minutes and then I started tuning out once I realized uh, it was all just scribbled or otherwise just concept art. <laughs> like, there was nothing that wasn't just art. Yeah. So this is the earliest we've maybe ever seen in an MMO's development. And they, they the, their whole thing is they want to have this transparent development, which is what things like Pantheon have done, Ashes of Creation have done, but this is probably even earlier than those because those were Kickstarter MMOs, so they had to at least come with concept or tech demo. This has nothing. I can't yep. stress enough how little there yep. is. Like they were 
in the Q and A, even they're sort of thinking through their answers, like how, yeah. they, like what they want to do, like kind of like just this. We up think it'd stuff. be cool if it was like this, and it's like, okay, are you gonna make that game or? <laughs> yeah. So the main thing that this game is built around is, like the the one thing they definitely have down is the idea where it has these red shards and blue shards, and blue shards shards shards. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so <laughs> blue shards are where you go to play with solo or with a group of friends or party members or whatever. And it sort of plays more like a survival game where there are customizable areas. You can make your own base. You can make your own rule set. So you could make almost like a PVP battleground with your own rules in the blue shards. And then it has the red shards, which are more like a traditional MMO where you'll see other players. There'll be quests, dungeons, all that kind of stuff. So it's an interesting concept, but it's something that like, I, I think we would, you'd probably agree with this, Paul. You're probably even more skeptical than I am as far as I the am. concept. I need to see this play out because in theory, it sounds interesting, but the, it, it could be done in, in a variety of different ways, some of which could be terrible and some of which could be really fun. Yeah, I, I think uh, as soon as I saw red shards and blue shards, uh, I kind of dipped out a little bit. And that was kind of my breaking point. Now, I will say, like, obviously, I, I said this before, I'm not hyped because of that setup. I just can't envision it. That being said, like, if I'm I'm open, like, if the game ends up, like, clearly showing a good reason for that and, like, explaining, like, showing me why I want that, then I can be brought around, no problem. Uh, but that being said, I, I'm, I'm mixed on the idea of instancing. I know that I think for a lot of uh, folks, the future, a lot of realistic folks, the future of MMOs is more instancing and more separating the content uh, into them. Like, like, wow is a theme park MMO now, but I think like there's still vestiges of like a world that's like the home world and things like that. And I think they hate, like, I mean, in an ideal world, they'd scrap all that, I think. And with their, with the way they're designing things. And I think that's basically what this is, right? It's like, it's like destiny. There's like a hub, but then everything is like these instant spaces that right. are kind of drop in, drop out dungeoning. You know, you just kind of pick your theme park ride you want to go on. And that's the vibe I'm getting from this is like, there's the theme park side where you can just go and pick whatever you want. But then for the hub, instead of like a regular hub, there's like your own little sandbox zones where you go and you make your own houses and you play with your just your closest friends, maybe. And then you can take some of the stuff you do there and bring that into the theme park setup. I just don't like all this like dissemination or like I don't I don't like the that's not the right word I'm looking for here. But like I don't like the the putting all these little elements in a box that doesn't feel like an mmo to me it's certainly a different type of game but i just think they should like watch the terminology they use imo I'm, as i'm saying about fucking greg street like i'm sure he knows what the right terminology is <laughs> he fucking made up half the shit but i will say yeah I, I don't know it just it doesn't feel like an mmo to me it doesn't give me that same kind of hype level as like a big world where everyone's interacting something like even like new world more recently where it's like a big open world where everyone's yeah. interacting in different spaces and it's non-instanced and i mean and i just like i don't I don't vibe with that as much. I'm sure it's fun, but I also think that can like to me be overwhelming to have all these different little like pockets you could like pop into to do different things. And I'm just like, I'm, I ain't about it. One thing new world just did not get enough credit for is the fact that it is just an open world without a ton of loading screens. Like even guild Wars yeah. two ESO final fantasy 14, these games are all separated by loading screens between zones and new world is not that it is more like the, the wow style of things. The reason to be excited for this game 
if you're going to be excited for it is because it has talented people who have worked on MMOs, who are highly experienced in leadership roles, not just like lower level employees who have experience, but don't don't necessarily have management experience. Like these are people who have done this before. Yeah. Long way to go. The team is like 14 people right now. They're going to have to hire a ton of people. They have the money to do it. They have the backing with NetEase, but there's a lot that we have to see for this. And I think it's going to be, they, they say they want like a three-year development cycle. Like they want to make it quick and they, they think that they, they can based on what their game is, but we'll see if that's a reality or not. Yeah, I, I do question how quickly they can do that turnaround. But yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, this is like people, I don't want to like put too much credence, but I mean, I, I think there is, I do have faith in the fact that like these people know what they're doing in this space. So I fully believe they're going to make a game probably in relatively the time frame, maybe give or take a year uh, of what they're looking to do. And it's probably going to be fairly accurate to what they're talking about. So yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot, of, like, I think a lot of my, you're going to hear a lot, my, a lot of my negatives about a lot of these MMOs we're talking about are just that I don't know how much they're actually going to come out or if they're going to take like an extra fucking five, 10 years to come out. This game I think is actually going to probably launch as long as Greg doesn't get bored or something. But <laughs> um but I don't know. I, I got to be, be sold on why I want to play it. Yeah, no, that's a good point. This game will come out, but is it going to be what they're initially selling and what everyone wants? I don't know. We, we do talk about how at some point there has to be some sort of evolution in what MMOs are. And this sounds like they're at least trying that, but we don't know if that's going to be a positive or a negative for the genre. Absolutely. All right, so next up we have PAX Day. Now, PAX Day also had showcase this week it was weird because it was streamed on discord so they could only have like a thousand people watching and so we had to rely on someone recording their screen of the discord and then uploading it to youtube later very odd very strange i don't know why they did it like that but their alpha starts by the time this podcast is out november 14th two days from recording right now they're going to be inviting a whole bunch of new people to their alpha they showed gameplay this game is essentially, it's like a dream game for our buddy Spencer, who was, uh, <laughs> we were just talking about this the other day. Maybe if they had more magic in it, it's kind of low fantasy, but it's yeah. basically Conan Exiles, which we love, love but it. a much, much bigger map. It's low fantasy, medieval themed. It's an MMO, so it's not a survival sandbox game. It is a sandbox MMO. You can have... Right now, they're saying 7,000 people on a shard, so it, it is an MMO, mm -hmm. but it's very much a survival game. There will be PvP, there will be PvE, but it's a lot of player-created stuff. So I think this game is incredibly intriguing. This is another fully-funded game. This is a lot of... Uh, this team is people from CCP, so like the EVE team, and then I can't remember the other one where they came from. I'll look it up while you talk about PAX Day a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I, I will say like my initial thoughts when I know you two are both really excited about PAX Day didn't super grab me, but I actually did watch that uh, that showcase they did last week or whatever you want to call that. And it actually looks really cool. Um, the graphics look great. Uh, kind of reminds me a lot of what we're seeing from the Ashes of Creation showcases, which we'll get into later. But I've, I've watched a lot of those where they're talking about like the little villages you can build and 
and the graphics are kind of reminiscent although that feels more like a classic mmo in terms of like the gameplay whereas pax day feels more like a survival game in terms of gameplay which i do like i have to say like i'm intrigued i'm very intrigued by the scale here um when they talk about i mean just when they showed the draw distances that was already cool but the scale where they're talking about they showed and and i'm sure i don't know we can post this somewhere on the discord maybe or something but you shared like the napkin diagram basically of them yeah. showing like the world and then the different like regions based on like where what part of the world you're in in real life and then it was like different servers and then there were provinces in the servers and then there were regions in the provinces and every region had its own like heartlands which is where you can actually build like player housing and do like the survival mode stuff which is like like what yeah the whole the whole deal with this game is it's i think they're calling it the first game built with cloud tech in mind that's mm-hmm. the that's kind of the whole thing for this game and i did find so it was um it's mostly former ccp developers but it's also blizzard ubisoft and then the other big one is remedy so right like alan way control yeah. that sort of thing big deal there too I will say, yeah, I mean, just to finish off my thought, yeah, I think that like the heart, I love the idea that it's not just one big space in the world, but rather in each different region of the world where you can like build in different uh, houses and have your own little villages and do that kind of stuff. There's also like, it's cool. You can build on the water. You can build your own road systems. You can build your own bridges. Very, very cool. I'm I'm a sucker for this stuff. I love the survival stuff. And I love that it also exists in a bigger world where once you leave your little zone, I would assume using like phasing and cloud technology, you kind of hopefully would seamlessly move into a space where you can then just do PVE content that isn't, you know, this kind of survival crafting setup, which I just, that is so cool to me. And I think like you nailed it. It very much is like that, like being able to play Conan Exiles, having your little, like your 20 person server, which is basically maybe like your little village in your heartland and being able to like talk to those people and meet some other villages in your area. And then, and then you just walk out of that. And all of a sudden you're in this like, thousands of people mmo with people everywhere doing all kinds of shit i mean not maybe not thousand online at once but like well, maybe a thousand online at once everywhere running around getting into shit that's really exciting to me and i do love the idea that they're talking about using cloud technology to actually be able to pull it off this has moved high on my list of hype actually and i just signed up for the alpha because i'm really i hope, hope maybe i can get in but the last day too i know it's the last day <laughs> i just did it now it's like oh shit i almost forgot but uh yeah no it looks it looks really cool. I'll let you talk more about it, but this is um, this is now I think top of my list right now of hype. Yeah, it's pretty impressive with all the the cloud tech. A lot of it is just totally over my head, but it's essentially how they're going to be getting players together in seamless ways and making the world feel more alive, moving players around the servers and shards and all that kind of stuff. I was going to say, can I just, I'd let you go. And then I just was going to just quickly finish my thought, which just came to me. I was forgot, but this is almost like the blue shards, red shards thing that I was thinking yeah. in the fantastic pixel castle. MMO which ghost is the code name. I think I yeah, got to fucking ghost. call it something else. <laughs> um, but it, this is kind of like in ghost um, where you have the blue shards and the red shards. But this is to me, I can visualize this where you have like residential regions in a larger space that feels like this big, vast land, like real life yeah. um, versus like fucking floating islands, which is kind of how they were like showing, visualizing the shards. And that just like does not work for me. So this is, yeah, really cool. Yeah. The floating islands is a easy way to explain it away without having to make them interconnected technologically. 
This, yeah. they're like, no, it's actually all one seamless world. And because of that, they were talking in the gameplay walkthrough how someone was like testing walking from one end to the other and it took them six hours. Holy shit. So I imagine this is a kind of game where the world is so massive. You're, you might never see the other side of the world in the game. Wow. Which is kind of a cool idea to me. Like you're never going to run into those villages. They're really getting me. <laughs> no, it's so cool. I was just watching a, a YouTube video, one of those stupid ones where they're like, here's the biggest worlds in video games. And they're like, this, this world took an hour and a half to walk across. But like also most of it was empty. And I'm like, how cool is that though? Like six hours? What the hell? I like that this is a handcrafted world too. I'm sure obviously it's a massive world. So they're using some procedural generation in yeah. the the development of it, but it's not procedurally generated as you're going through it. So this yeah. is one of those things they were saying the map, you get the map right when you start playing, there's no fog of war. You can see the oh, map cool. so you can see everything. You can see where you want to go. Just looks really cool, man. The, the world is absolutely massive. You get to choose so that you can play with your friends. So you know, you're not, starting six hours away from them you can choose where you're starting so that you're like the little province that you're starting in. so you can go find your friends right away you can build these little clans in these villages it just looks like a really good time as long as it yeah. works if it works yeah. and if it has a good player base this could be really awesome but if no one's playing it and it's clunky and the tech just doesn't work it's gonna suck but if everything goes to plan yeah. this could be something really massive yeah, I was going to say the only other thing to me that's like a holdout and just maybe because I haven't looked. I don't know if this is something they've shown, but like I still don't know what like anything outside the heartland is really like, what does that PVE content look like? What does progression look like? What kind of is it like more of a like a lateral thing? Like I, I just don't know. So like for me, like the heartland stuff already is exciting. I would just play that game. I do. That's Conan Exiles. Like it's basically a game I already would play. It's a survival game. It's a Valheim. So like I'll already enjoy that if that works, like you said, sold. But if they can like nail a PVE or even PVP experience like outside of the heartlands where you can like invade other villages or there's like really cool dungeons or there's really cool world bosses like, ooh, this could be like a game. This could be this could be this could be one of the I'm, I'm trying to describe it, but like um, my game or something, you know, like, like people have like just game. one game they play. This could be like one of those games for sure. Yeah, they will have like dungeons and stuff like that the combat that's currently in the build right now is not the final combat that they're going to have in the game. So I think they're trying to get the survival aspects, the building aspects, all that kind of stuff first, and then they're going to fine tune the combat and what PVE looks like. From what I've heard in their videos, it sounds like from PVE wise, they're trying to do fairly typical MMO stuff, but I'm sure it's going to have its own little sort of survival esque adjacent twist to it so we'll see but like that's fine as long as if i if in wow i could do a dungeon and then go back to my village with my friends and like chop down trees and like build little houses and like that game would immediately become like a million times cooler <laughs> yeah it, it comes across almost as like new world with a larger open world and you can build your own structures like that's almost kind of what it yeah. is i was gonna say it almost comes off like a like a more technically impressive new world and it's yeah. like if that happens like bring it on dude. yeah seriously all right next up we have ashes of creation they're continuing to progress in development they do their monthly live streams still a big part of that game is the caravans which they just did for the first time in a live stream that people were really excited for they recently confirmed that alpha 2 is going to happen in 2024 we don't know when exactly in 2024 
my guess probably summer fall but i will be in the alpha too so i'm excited about that i was a little sucker and i bought one of their <laughs> packages a couple years ago to get into alpha too so i've been waiting for that forever i was gonna say you still haven't played like you didn't play the first alpha right you're just waiting for no the that was a, that was alpha one so yeah i was not in alpha one i bought a package I didn't buy like that would have been way more expensive. I bought like the $200 package that includes alpha two and like, yeah, it includes a bunch of months of the game because it'll be a sub base game, which I thought was, was a pretty good deal because I'll eventually play it at some point, but it's not bad for some reason. I thought you bought like the $500 one. No, 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 no. (laughs) I remember you were thinking about it. You're like, should I get a PS five or should I get the $500? (laughs) It's like, please don't. Yeah. So, Ashes of Creation still looks promising to me, but I will say the competition is mounting. Like for yeah. a long time, Ashes of Creation was the last hope, and that is just not the case anymore. This is one of those scenarios where, and I and I totally get it because they they want to be non compromising and they want to make sure they're getting their money from the right place and they want to make sure that it's not going to become like a sellout game. But also because of that it's taking them a super long time to make the game yeah. and they might they might have they might be missing their window right now yeah it's not like the game's going to fail or anything but just like they had an opportunity to be like the next big great white hope and i think that that's slowly eroding as we see things like what greg street's doing like it's like even if you didn't you were like fuck the ride mmo fuck like a big company making an mmo there's smaller companies like what greg street's greg street's doing also making like kind of indie MMOs coming out and it's like, like you're losing your whole space. Yeah, this really was their thing. It was their it was originally a Kickstarter MMO, yes. Yep. But it is fully funded by the game director, Steven Shreef, who is independently wealthy. I was so, gonna say, isn't he just like a super like a wealthy dude? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so he's fully funding this game. But you have mainframe with Pax Day, you have Fantastic Pixel Castle, and these are companies that have fully funded games as well and they were fully funded from the jump and so it's a new world for ashes of creation they are not alone uh, at the top of the mountain of hope for mmos anymore i'm still excited about it but i will say every time we get one of these new companies coming out that have experienced people that are fully funded it it's a little less intriguing just because the space is becoming more crowded yeah agreed i i think that like what they're doing almost and to me this is a good and bad thing but from what i've seen what they're doing is more reminiscent of like previous mmos too and so it's like if you wanted the best of what was in wow and guild wars 2 and like a lot of that shit like they're kind of cramming all of that into like this new yeah quote unquote like better like more more independent mmo um which is amazing so like that's really cool but i will say like what you're seeing with pax day with introducing like all these wild survival things now i will say so is like ashes of creations also has some like really cool like base building house building village yeah. stuff and and survival i guess too in some ways but i do i do think what pax day is doing with the cloud tech is really cool and what fantastic pixel company <laughs> castle fucking <laughs> is doing with the with the shards is also like like you were saying like it's they're thinking forward about what an mmo is and i think like uh ashes of creation maybe slightly less so on the technological side and more just like what can we cram into like a classic MMO space. But that being said, also cool. Like if this comes out and it's awesome, here's the thing. I'll play this game. My my only issue with Ashes of Creation is it's the one I least feel is actually going to come out still. And I know it's going to come out, but it's just like how finished and how long. (laughs) At this point with this competition mounting, I think they have to be first to market, unfortunately. 
And I think it has to be like late 2025, early 2026. And I don't know if they can make that happen. Yeah, that's my worry here with that. So we'll see. Fantastic Pixel Castle, like we said, they, they're thinking three years. There's no way. There's just no way. I, I don't think. Pax Day, they're moving into Alpha now. And that's quick. They still need to figure out combat and some stuff, but like they have a lot of the game done already. So they're moving on. I feel like we talked about this more in the other games, but um, marquee feature, anything in Ashes of Creation that like blows your mind? That's like, that's the thing that I'm excited for. Well, it's the node system. Caravans is like directly lifted from Arcage. So that's what people really like about it because Arcage had a lot to like about it. It was just so pay to win. But mm -hmm. the node system where player run towns can basically level up. Like that's sort of the big thing, how every server is going to be different because the, they're going to have different primary nodes and, and, and stuff like that. So that's cool. Ashes of Creation is really cool in that way. But if you look at a game like PAX Day, I mean, it's kind of a next level version of that. Yeah. It just depends on what you want. I mean, there, there are going to be a lot of people who would much rather play a more traditional MMO that like they might want to have their housing like they call them freeholds and ashes of creation but they don't want to necessarily build it piece by piece i was gonna say like ashes of creation almost gives me the vibe and i was gonna say this earlier of like more of an arcadey version of like some like something like pax day which is like much more like the graphics are already a little bit grittier it's much more like build everything piece by piece it's much more like big fast open world and i think ashes has more like quality of life like gamey features which is like really nice for a lot of folks yeah, it's much more of a traditional MMO. Yeah. And, and what we're seeing a lot, a lot of games are trying to to marry the survival and MMO genre. And Ashes of Creation is much more traditional MMO, whereas Pax Day is not. So that's going to be the difference, the major difference. But we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens, because those three, I think, are probably the biggest ones on everyone's radar right now. But there's more. So Dune Awakening from Funcom, which is literally Conan Exiles, but it's Dune-themed, and it's <laughs> going to be more of an MMO than Conan Exiles is, although how much more that's yet to be seen. This game also is apparently a long ways off. Yeah. I don't know why they announced it as early as they did, but this game A couple of years seems, ago, I think. Yeah, this, and this game seems like it's still years away. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I'll... I'll play it because I, yep. I love Conan Exiles and I, I actually really think that Funcom does a pretty good job with their games, but I'm not super big into Dune. But if it's a, if it's a fun world to explore and it's an MMO, then I'm going to check it out. It's same exact vibe. I'm not super into Dune. Um, it's not like I'm anti. I just never really grabbed me. So I haven't like checked a lot of the material. Um, I didn't fall asleep during the movie. So that's a point for me. On yeah, Dune, I guess. yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah but but ultimately i like, i also don't read the conan stories or i've never like watched a conan movie or anything so it's like i don't but i do enjoy just like by proxy absorbing some of the lore and the and like the world building yeah. and so like that if they, if they can do that with dune sick like that's really cool because i think that's a good world that's a good world that just can exist and be cool and you can kind of understand and see stuff going on but like you, you don't it's kind of like conan there's like there is deep lore but you also don't need to the world is so weird and different that you can kind of just enjoy that existing as its own place which is cool so I, i'm really into that again i'll play it but like i just think it'll take a million years so i'm just like it's one of these games where i'm like i'm waiting i don't know like i i have zero hype but when it comes out i'll like probably love it 
Yeah, and it's Funcom. So this game will yeah. launch in early access. It'll be buggy as shit, but it'll yep. it'll probably be a decent time. Next up, we have Soul Frame, which is a medieval fantasy version of Warframe from the same development studio. Something to keep an eye on, but I'm not I'm not going to be tracking every single movement this game makes. Don't even know what it is. So. <laughs> so there's also Wayfinder, which is out now in early access, and I put it here because. It's published by the same people who publish Warframe, but they're actually, as of this last week, they're dropping it. So it's going to be self-published by the developer of Wayfinder. I don't know what that transition looks like for that team, but this is a fairly, this game has some promise. It has some potential. Oh, this is one with cozy bedrooms. Yes. It, it, it may eventually <laughs> find its way. You like that? Wayfinder. I, love that. I, may, I really liked it a lot. May find its way, but it does have a lot of work to do. I will say, so last night I was looking at, I've been waiting for this game to just get updates. I have it. I've played it a little bit. I'm waiting for it to get updates. Yesterday, they did an update that they said was going to come much later, but they're like, we're just going to do it now anyways, which is 300% XP increase for like everything across the board. Whoa. So they're making leveling up in the game because you have to level up different weapons and characters and stuff, they're making that all just go much quicker so you can just enjoy the game and not have to grind as much. That's cool. Really good change, but the game still has a long way to go. I'm interested in this one a little bit. Uh, you know, I just, I love, I'm a sucker for this art style. I really like this art style and they keep making games in this art style that like Palea, sort of, or like, uh, fuck, I can't remember, but there's like a bunch of games that are like this that are kind of trying to be this like fun flashy bright mmo or like mmo light and then they all suck and they like don't have any combat or they like they're really tiny or they're really they're they're just like really low scale small scale um so it'd be really cool to me if wayfinder or some game actually like pulls off this art see if these are a great example of something that kind of has this art style a little bit and i just like i'd love to see something really like blow up with this art style because i think it's a lot of fun yeah no wayfinder is a good time and you can queue for it's basically a game where you just constantly run dungeons which and there's like puzzles to them and they're procedurally generated and it is fun and you can queue up into matchmaking but you can also just play with friends it's a good time it's not bad at all it's pretty cheap too it is yeah i think it's 20 bucks uh us yeah 27 canadian oh tempting it's on ps5 oh, i don't know <laughs> so Next up is a game that I think, unfortunately, is the least likely to ever come out <laughs> of any of the games on this entire list, and that is Pantheon Rise of the Fallen. This game was a Kickstarter game. It's in, been in development forever. Last month, they revealed a completely new art style, which is complete shit. I hate it so much. I hate the change <laughs> so much. It looks like free Unity assets. Speaking of which, I think Pantheon is being built in Unity too, which is not a good engine for MMOs. It is being built in Unity, by the way, I confirm. It is just disappointing. Pantheon is supposed to be the reincarnation of EverQuest, essentially, the spiritual successor to EverQuest. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, aren't they making a new Ever? Isn't there a rumor of a new EverQuest? Yeah, so there's rumors of EverQuest 3 coming, So, which would... Potentially make Pantheon redundant anyway. Yeah. There are rumors that the only full time dev on Pantheon right now is the game director. Uh, if that's true, <laughs> then that 
basically spells the end of this game and it's kind of just a money pit at this point. I don't know, man. It, it's disappointing because I really like their old school approach to the game, but it's it's never coming out. I mean, this game has been in development for almost a decade now and they haven't made any progress. It's really sad. Uh, it kind of reminds me of that sad, what was that uh, great RuneScape uh, game that you were excited for? Titan something? Titan Reach, yeah. yeah. Which was, I actually was playing in a beta or alpha or whatever yeah. it was and it was promising. The yeah. game was fairly promising and it just totally fell apart. They ran out of money. There was like a scandal and a, and a behind the scenes. When isn't there? Yeah, it was bad. So a game that is probably actually more likely to come out than Pantheon is no. Star Citizen. No. Apparently, it's actually kind of, like what exists right now is actually kind of neat. But I would it, it, I, I don't think my computer. But it's can not the it game. Anymore. It's not the game. That's what's that's what that's why I'm very suspicious because not suspicious. I don't think there's like anything specifically nefarious going on. I think it's just scope creep. And I think that the idea of doing early access is dangerous because they can just like I just I question when do we call it Star Citizen? When, when is it really Star Citizen? You know it's what I mean? Question. Like how many how many features can they add? Because like right now there is a early access kind of version of the game. And they're like, this isn't really the whole game. This is just like a piece of it to give right. you an idea of what, but like how many pieces do they add? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when will it ever really become star citizen? It's like, I don't know if we'll ever get to a point where we really, you know, cause people always move the goalposts. Yeah. They just had a convention where they showed some really cool tech, but yeah. When is it actually, when does it officially become star citizen? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. And then they, they release that entire other like side game that's like a totally different game in yeah, engine or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this is this is the most funded game of all time, right? Yes, it like is. Like the highest budget game of all time. Yep. I don't know if highest budget, but like most funded kicks like in like uh, most funded Kickstarter for Kickstarter. sure. Let me let me see highest budget games. Wikipedia, list of most expensive games to develop. Star Citizen tops the list. And it's not even close. <laughs> 600 million. Yeah. Next is what Cyberpunk, which is I 174 was, million. Dude, I forgot it was that much. That's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of money. That See, I'm like, if, if it costs 600 million, but it came out and it was like what everything they promised or like close enough with the tech that exists, I'd be like, cool. But I just like, it's not happening. I don't know, man. I'm not going to say never, but I just like, I'm, I'm, I'm a hater. I can't, I can't deny. It's funny because for me, even like I can admire the tech and the insane graphics and for their single player game, the insane cast that they have. Yeah. Like I can admire that from afar. But even if the scam came out and was everything that it promised to be, it still isn't a game for me. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I just will. I would never play it anyway, probably. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have a medley of games. These are <laughs> four games that are all very early in development and there's almost zero information on them. So Riot's Runeterra MMO. Wild that there's almost zero information on this, by the way. Yeah. Going through a lot of changes, obviously they lost members of their team to Fantastic Pixel Castle, including the director of the game. Yep. Zenimax Online's new MMO, which may only be rumored right now, but it is coming. They have posted jobs for it, and the rumor is that it's a Star Wars Mandalorian-themed MMO. I don't like Mandalorian themed. <laughs> if it yeah. were if it were set during that time frame, that's fine for me. But don't theme any Star Wars game. Just make it Star Wars. Don't there's don't don't pigeonhole it. 
Totally agree. The rumors keep referring to it as a Mandalorian MMO, which sounds so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> sounds terrible. There's Amazon's new Lord of the Rings MMO, which is their second attempt at this now, and it has officially been announced, so it is happening. Hook it to my veins, dude. Once they, I don't know if you saw this, but like in September, they, the Lord of the Rings Online folks basically said they're not doing their graphical update anymore. Yeah, they gave up on that. Which really sucks. Their deal was like, the cost of the graphical upgrade is the cost of them just making a new game. So they were that, like, that, that was always, I was like, I was so suspicious of this yeah. just because I was like skeptical rather. Cause I was like, what the f-? like, there's no way this is cost like cost effective for them. Yeah. So it is, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But Amazon Lord of the Rings MMO, like if they, if it's like new world, I'm there. Yeah. My, the sad part about this is that, New World right now is essentially just going to be a, a beta test for this Amazon Lord yeah. of Rings game, which yeah. sucks because New World is really going to suffer because of this. But but then if they take all the cool shit from New World and put it into a great Lord of the Rings online MMO, yeah, like that's like what do you even need New World for anymore? That's the, is the lore that great? I'm not the biggest. Lord I don't think of the it's Rings bad, guy. but that's fair. Me neither. I mean, me neither. But like the world building, you can't deny. It. Like the when you and I have talked about, like you know, when we got excited like three years ago for a Lord of the Rings online, like playing it again, just because yeah. like I just want to like run through all the crazy wild fantasy worlds they've created, and if yeah. they could like match the scale, that's my only caveat. Match the scale. Like that's a cool thing about Lotro, is that it's huge. <laughs> yeah, and then finally, Sony's Horizon MMO, which. I think it's actually a cool idea, but this is probably so far off that it's we're not going to see anything about this for years, especially being Sony because they keep things close to the chest fairly long. So it's this a, a wild idea to me too. An MMO, like a console-based Horizon Sony first-party MMO. Like I question how much this is one of those ones where I go like, is this an MMO or is this going to be like a like a light like Destiny kind of thing? I think they could do a Monster Hunter. Th- type of thing where okay. it's an mmo light monster hunter horizon style kind of cool. deal I, I think that would make the most sense but if they're doing an mmo whatever the case may be obviously sony is trying to do more live service stuff although the rumors are that that whole initiative is totally failing i was just gonna say they they had 12 live service games apparently in development and then they just cut like three of them and they're gonna cut more apparently or they're like <laughs> it's wild yeah so in my mind, they're like, what is a world that we have that could make the best MMO? And for them, they were like, all right, let's do it with Horizon. I do think it could totally end up being a Monster Hunter type of deal, though. We'll see. Yeah. And then finally, there there's a ton more, obviously. There's always the Asian market games in development. There's always going to... Those games are always going to be there. Arcage 2 right now, Throne in Liberty, Blue Protocol. Those are among the top ones. Plus, there's a new studio that's working on an, a Warhammer MMO of some sort. There's Core Punk, which has been delayed a number of times. And then there's a bunch of smaller projects going on. So, Paul, let me take it all the way to the beginning and ask you, is a new golden age upon us? <laughs> I think so. I, I had a I, I, we, I think we briefly touched on this maybe six months ago, a year ago on, on Game Groups or even just personally. But I was skeptical that uh, I, I thought the age was dead and we were getting some rumors of things. But I think like with PAX Day showing off this week, Fantastic Pixel Castle, even though they don't have anything like clearly saying we're full steam ahead. We want this to be out like out, out, out soon. Um, we also even look at WoW, like talking about how they want to like sp- like hasten their 
their development they're doing season of discovery they have like basically two full games in development sort of you know what i mean like i mean obviously classic is classic it's not fully in development but i I think they're really doubling down on wow with medicine coming back and the xbox acquisition and then also yeah like just all this shit all this stuff it's wild ash is a creation it's everything i mean it's just like maybe this stuff's going to take a few years to come out but i mean half of the golden age of mmo Half half of the fun of MMOs is is hype and speculation. Yeah, that's <laughs> so true. I think like being in this thing where like nothing's gonna come out really for like three or four years, base ish two two to four years. I think is like this is the, this is the golden age of MMOs again. We're we're in the hype cycle fully. Yeah, the thing about MMOs is you can you can kind of project all your hopes and dreams onto yes. them, and then they can let you down, and then you look forward to the next crop of MMOs and project again. There's nothing more hype-inducing and uh, anticipatory than like a whole new world where where everyone is there. It's it's like a new chance at like being born again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's so exciting, and then uh, we can just and then no fucking game will ever <laughs> ever live up to that. But the dream is beautiful. All right, Paul. Well, let's move on to the water cooler. Let's take a quick break around the water cooler to discuss the games that we have been playing this week. And Paul. We're going to go to you first because last week I skipped you. So let's hear your water cooler from last week and this week. For sure. So I will say last week we basically covered me except one small caveat because we talked about the finals that we played together. And we also talked about uh, something else. But we we basically talked about the same shit, um, except I neglected to mention that I did 100% finish Spider-Man 2 on PS5. Uh, which is my first PS5 Platinum Trophy or even PlayStation Platinum Trophy, I think. It's just not normally my my ish. Uh, and also might be, at least in recent memory, the first time I've like 100% at any game, like regardless of PlayStation, Xbox, PC, I just don't do it very often. But that being said, I mean, it's a testament to, it's a testament to the game and also like in my mind, a little bit of the negative to the game um, in the sense that like, it's a testament in the sense that I enjoyed continuing to go back to the world and I wanted to just exist and speed around and, and be in that place. But also I would say a bit of a negative in the sense that like a guy who never hundred percent games was able to do it in like a week is maybe pointing to the game being a little light on content uh, is my, my take. Uh, I will say I'm, I'm going to uh, be doing a Spider-Man to review at some point with Mike in the next few weeks or like a retrospective. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on on the Goodnight Grooves YouTube channel uh, and also going to be talking about that a little bit more. But yeah, suffice to say, I won't give like my entire review or anything, but uh, I think I already talked about the story briefly. Uh, no spoilers uh, a couple weeks ago, but yeah, it's fun. Uh, the traversal is incredible. The, in terms of, I'll also say the fast travel um, makes getting 100% no problem. I've said this before, but the technology behind the fast traveling is unreal. Yeah. Uh, normally, I would just like the amount of time that I have, you know, talking about gaming our 30s, not that I'm that busy, but after work, I play for like an hour or something or I was playing for an hour or something. I could just knock out activities because even though it's fun to fly around the world, use the web wings, do the swinging, I could also just go to the map, click on right near where the next pickup is, and I'd be there in less than five seconds. Insane. like controlling again like it, insane i would say like three seconds sometimes it's insane uh and i would just like and it would seamless just like go from there there's like a maybe split second black screen and then all of a sudden i'm flying in on my web wings and i immediately take control 
insane. So that just made it so like freakishly easy to do the grind for collectathon and that kind of thing. So, or even just like taking out um, certain areas and things. So that was really, really cool. Yeah. I also, I did finish like some of the story quests and the side things there, which was really good. Went through some of the, uh, everyone like talking about how sad the, some of the quests were and so like how emotional and heartfelt some of the side stuff was. It was good. It was all right. I don't know. I don't want to be a hater, but I just like, it didn't like, I, I, I've seen a lot of people say online and I think I agree. Like I'm actually, I almost said it's like I uninstalled Spider-Man one when I got this game because I was like, when's the next time I'm going to go back and free roam and play that game. But like, honestly, I think I might go back and keep playing my save that I was starting a few, like a couple months ago uh, and play the single player. Cause I actually think the story emotionally like hit me better. I enjoyed Peter more in that game. Um, I enjoyed some of the free roam a little bit differently. I think like the moving is better in Spider-Man two. No question. The traversal is more fun and more engaging, but also I just, enjoyed some of the way that you interacted with landmarks and some of the side content was just took longer which i guess is like maybe a negative but i don't know it's tough too when you look at a game that had three dlcs um, which isn't even that common it's actually super uncommon for like a playstation first party game to have like a like a slew of dlcs um that all like extend the story and extend the different events and things that can happen so you got to assume that new game plus and a lot of stuff that isn't in spider-man 2 but it's also kind of like I don't know, man. There's a lot of games that the new version comes out. It's easy to say the new version comes out. They haven't added the stuff that the first one got post you know, launch. Why not? Why not take everything that you learned from the first one and launch with that stuff as opposed to launching more bare bones and then coming out and being like, oh, by the way, yeah, here's we're going to add in new game plus later. We're going to add in this quality of life feature later. And it's like, wh- why? <laughs> why didn't that just come in the game? Like, clearly you learned that last time. I know there's like strategic reasons for stuff like New Game Plus, but there's some other things that are a little bit buggy. The game's a, bu- a bit glitchy. I, if I had to guess, I would say this game had to come out for holiday 2023 and Insomniac wasn't ready. It's just, it's not, it's, there's a lot of unfinished stuff. <laughs> uh, and the story is a bit rushed too. But ultimately, I 100%ed it. I had a nice time. I hesitate to say I'll probably never touch the game again. <laughs> wow. That's, I mean, I will say I'll probably play it again if there's story DLC. Not probably. I will 100% play the oh, game okay. again if there's story DLC. But I don't know if I'm ever going to like go back and do a new game plus and play through the story again. Eh. There's a lot of other Spider-Man games uh, that I like a bit more, I got to say. All right. Interesting. Well, your first uh, platinum trophy. So congratulations on that. Thank you. I think Spider-Man 1 for PS4 was... It was either my first or second, so... It was a popular Platinum. It was a popular Platinum, and it kind of got the ball rolling for me. Yeah. You know, it's a good one, too, because it was one of the... I think it was one of those earlier ones before they... A lot of games started doing this, where it was, like, less about, like, beating it on, like, the hardest... Like, there was a lot of... There was a lot of stuff that was just normal stuff you can do by collecting and playing the game, and there wasn't, like, a lot of difficulty-based trophies, which is nice. Yeah, that was sort of... At some point, those Sony first party games made that change a lot of the old ones are like finished on hardest difficulty like the first last of us games a bunch of the uncharted's like i have almost no trophies in them because their trophies used to be way more difficult for those games or it'd be like do this crazy combo of stuff that like almost no one would ever do and it's like fuck like (laughs) i don't want to play the game in this weird way yeah 100 percent um other games yeah that i've actually been like more hyped on playing this week um first off like i said been playing a shit ton of vampire survivors still it's not like worth bringing up a lot but i will say i brought it up because i played it on um, my laptop again it's a lot of fun on there 
I will say in some ways it's more visually assaulting. Uh, just the bigger that game is, the more space there is and the more of your field of vision is being like covered by like flashing fucking crazy mobs of and like just like so much color and yeah. movement. And it's like it was a little bit like I almost fell asleep. Like <laughs> I was probably tired. But like last night I played Vampire Survivors for like two hours or something while Rachel was playing The Witcher and then I was playing on my laptop. And then I just at one point like put my computer to the side and just like closed my eyes and almost and then had a nap. Oh, I think it was wow. probably because my eyes were just like, fuck. like I was just like, it exhausted me <laughs> yeah. to like, be, there was so much on the screen. Yeah. Um, whereas on my phone, it's kind of smaller and dimmer and a little bit like I can still play it, but it's not like, it's, it's not so immersive. And it's like, that's a visually tough game to be immersed into, <laughs> but it's cool. I like everything being blown up more. I actually got way more engaged. I also like the movement as much. I know you were complaining about this and I was saying it didn't bother me, but I actually do still prefer the movement of like, WASD or, or mouse keys for a game like that it just feels nice. It feels really like linear and smooth and it feels like the game is meant to be played that way, less so like a joystick movement. I also one fun like quality of life thing I like is that I can play with the, the arrow keys and use enter or I can use I can play with the WASD keys and place use space and I can really like to interact. And so I can really use like either hand to play the game, depending on if I'm like eating something or I'm like, you know, like petting the cat or <laughs> whatever. You can't do arrow keys and then space bar though. Oh yeah, you sure can. Oh, okay. sure you can. Cause I feel yeah. like for me, that's just saying for me, this, the, the way I found that was the comfortable way for me. Although, to do it. I, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think now, like moving around with my right hand on a PC game feels like it would be strange if it was, if it weren't the mouse, yeah. you know? Yeah. 100%. But it's just in a game where you just move around like a top-down right, right, field right. like that. It wasn't so bad. But I liked being able to do it with either <laughs> with either hand. It was kind of nice. I was having a nice uh, nice time with the different movement. I think you can do mouse stuff too, but I just don't don't care to do that. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, there's still so many things I'm unlocking and I'm it's fun playing on phone. I play it like on a different save than like I play it on everything else because everything else I play it on like my Game Pass version. So I'm playing on like Xbox, which I'd never played on or like PC or whatever I'm playing it on that. So um, I unlock like totally different shit on both. It's so weird. Like I have different, like everything's kind of going differently. I have different characters and different oh. stuff and different because like everything unlocks. So, I mean, it's not random. I think it's based on like certain conditions, but I don't, I'm not really paying attention to them. I'm just kind of playing through what I think makes sense. So then I just unlock, I happen to unlock different shit depending on which side I'm on. And it's really interesting to watch the way the game progresses. So like uniquely, everything just kind of like happens to you. Yeah. It's a neat game. It's very cool. Uh, also played more Fortnite OG. I, I don't know if I talked about this last week. Um, no, I don't think so. But playing OG Fortnite, it's uh, it's fun. It's okay. I It's more difficult in some ways. Um, like in terms of, it's much more, f- uh, I would say like there's much more gunplay and the gunplay is like, like the gunplay is much more skill-based in some ways you're you're in much more open spaces playing it in zero build is something interesting because there's so much open space for you to build and do crazy shit often you have to do a lot more strategic shit or be way better at aiming if you get caught out in a field there's a lot more like holy fuck holy fuck holy fuck moments when you're like trying to escape or get to a different get from one poi to another poi because there's less vehicles and there's less hiding spots on the way so there's just big open fields and you have to be like really on your toes because if someone like tries to scope you out from far away and you're out there like that can fuck you up. Um, so it's kind of neat. I think there is more of like a mad dash for stuff because there is a lot of scarcity. So like there's a lot less like shield potions and things. Um, so like when I find them, I'm like really excited or I'm like holding on to chug jugs to like the, the moment where it makes the most sense to use one. Um, also like 
they so they actually one thing I thought was really cool is they've been adding stuff over the month to it. So we're oh. in week two and they've added some stuff from so they're progressing through the entire first chapter oh, over time. Which I is I I wasn't I wasn't nearly as excited. I would have had a different view if you asked me last week, but I'm actually more into it now because I like the idea that I'm progressing through. So now like the big cube has come back to the middle of the island. Like oh. some of the story elements and like the map changing elements are changing as it goes on, which is kind of fun. Um, they add, initially they just had golf carts as a vehicle, but now right. because that was like the next, which actually is really fun. I'm really glad I got to enjoy those. They don't have a lot of powers, but you can like drift uh, with them. And so I just kind of like drive around and drift and they have the radio. So I just like blast some <laughs> fucking, uh, I go to like the hip hop radio and I'm just like driving around. I'll get to like, I'm, I've been doing quite well, I'll say, and I'm, I'm getting to like, and I'm past the point where it would be mostly bots. So I'm proud of myself on this. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'll be like 10 people left. And you know me, I just like, I don't want to sit around like scoping out. And so I'm like, let's bring the fight to me. So I'll just like get in a golf cart and I'll start driving around some hills and like drifting and like listening to hip hop radio and just like, <laughs> and I'm watching people like kill each other in the, the background. And then every once in a while, someone will see me doing this and they'll kind of come over and I'll just like pop out, kill them, get back in my golf cart and drive <laughs> around. And like, it doesn't always work out that I'm like so good like that, but it is, uh, it's just fun to just kind of do my own thing and wait for someone to be like, Hey, there's that fucker over on the golf cart. Like maybe I should go try to fight him. <laughs> I think it freaks people out and then they don't come over to me. Yeah. Cause they don't want to, come out of their hiding spot either. yeah exactly so i'm kind of just like chilling out there but it's a lot of fun and then they've recently added the atv now or like the the oh, quad or whatever yeah. and that's actually so fun the one negative i'll say it doesn't have the radio so i can't just like cruise around i don't have as much fun cruising around in that um but i will say yeah it's cool i can just like it has the boost and so you can just like drive around and then you have this like insane boost because it was like pre it mattering and you just like fly off shit and uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I would say it's ninety percent of the time I land, I'm like flipped upside down and have to like <laughs> get out and flip it because it's so like it's really floaty. But it's a lot of fun, and uh, that's been good. Guns have been good. They're adding new items every week, like different stuff that came out throughout the chapters, and uh, it's it's fun. Like I I didn't again if I thought the whole month was going to be like which is what I did think the way it was where it was just like this is it. It's very barren. But the fact that it's changing over the month is a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm, I'm hyped to keep playing. I would I definitely want to try playing it with you. I will say the only thing that is the biggest negative to me, and I think the silliest thing they've done, is they've brought back the old shop. So it just has the one page. Oh. And they're just like, and they said the one page, everyday resets. There's like six or seven things in there. And that's it. And a lot of it's like not tie-ins, although they did have like a Stranger Things thing for Stranger Things Day. But it's a lot of stuff. I think to be fun, they're like bringing back a lot of stuff that hasn't been in the shop for a long time. So like people who give a shit about collecting are in there. Oh, but a lot okay. of that stuff's like stuff from chapter one. That's like, just like yeah, kind of dated original Fortnite characters and stuff. Yeah. And like, you know, for like old head suckers like us who like, like all the crossover stuff, it's not as fun. So for me, I'm not like, I haven't, I, I have a bunch of V bucks saved up. I would be buying stuff right now. I'm not because there's less options. So I think they're missing money, honestly, not just having a bigger shop, even if they want to have the same kind of theme, but that's just me. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Having a really good time. I would definitely, I would definitely, and again, I actually been playing ranked, uh, which I normally don't do oh, because wow. they have, and it's actually pretty fun. Uh, I will say one cool thing about ranked is that or they're doing right now is like a lot of the quests. Cause you know, I, I go on and just play quests. So that's how it kind of like, if I was just playing for no end, I think I'd probably get bored of it more, but I, every week I want to try to get the week's quests done for the battle pass. And there's a whole area of the, and I don't think it actually gives you XP. It gives you something else, but there's a whole area of the quests that you can only do in ranked. 
And every time you launch and rank, like every time you jump off the battle bus, there's like a new random ranked, they give you like a random quest objective. And that's like for this game. So you like jump off, you don't know until you're playing the game. And then it goes like, kill, you know, get into a thousand damage on SMG or like kill this many people or be this. So it's kind of fun. Like every time you play, it like gives you a little objective to like keep, like give you something to do that game, uh, which is a lot of fun. And they also have an entire different quest uh, grouping for playing with friends called oh, Reboot nice. Rally. And so you can only get those when you're like playing with friends and like or like in duos or, or triples or something. Oh, cool. Which is kind of neat too. again, not XP based, which is nice. So they're not like, hey, if you, you know, you really want to grind the battle pass and you don't have friends, you can't do this. But it gives you like some other kind of unlockable, which is neat. Um, yeah, a lot of fun. Nice. I wonder if they had to rebuild the map in Unreal 5. I would say almost definitely. Yeah, because it, it's different, too. It's it's not it's definitely not one to one. Like there's they've slightly tweaked just to like take things from different eras and put them on mm. there. So they definitely yeah. have built like a new map um, just with like POIs and spaces and stuff. And like a, the graphical style is a little bit more like the old, the old style. And I mean, again, worse, I think yeah. is like, but that's yeah. kind of the vibe, but it's on purpose. I will say I'm still really excited for the next chapter where we actually get for the next, whatever the fucking next thing is where we get like modern shit again. Cause I, I'm, you know, excited. But. Yeah. And we don't really know anything about that, right? Nothing. But I think there's something special about them doing this OG thing because it, it feels like there's a, a bit more of a reset. Yeah, it does feel I'm like excited, that. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, and then last thing I'll say, um, the game I've been like pretty obsessed with is Thirsty Suitors. Been playing that all week. Uh, actually had like a really, speaking of gaming our 30s stuff, had a really good like vibe with Rachel going down where I talked previously about like wanting to play things, but we were like watching TV. Both of us agree the TV screaming at us while we're trying to do other stuff is like a little like a little bit too much lately. <laughs> And so Rachel's gotten into reading uh, on her Kindle more nice. and I've just been like playing video games. I'll like pop my, I'll pop like earbuds in or something on my controller and just play Xbox or, or PlayStation. And she'll be like hanging beside me reading. And we just have like, we're just kind of like, you know, together, but doing our own separate stuff, which is great. And I've been like deep in thirsty suitors and it's so good. I remember this game being um, announced well, a while ago and I remember being pretty interested it is so wacky, but also like heartfelt and real. I just love it. It's it's like uh, I think the developers described it as like a, a Yakuza light in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, you start the game. It's like basically like your your main character is like this like heartbreaker, uh, Jala Jayaratna. And she like she had like has all these exes because she like fucked around with a lot of people in like grade school and high school and whatever. And then when she was like 18 or 21 or something, she like ran away with the mayor's daughter <laughs> and just came. Now she's come back like three years later and she's like, wants to make amends for like ditching town and like being such a dick to everyone in like wow. her adolescence. And so you come back and you're kind of like smart mouth, whatever, like video game character, but she's really cool. And she has like a, the voice actor is great. And uh, yeah, it's great. You like you're, you, you come back home to live with your parents, to stay with your parents. And they're like, your mom's like this harsh, like Indian mother. And she's like, very like critical and then your dad's this sweet like sri lankan guy who's just like so like just just like the like the big softy and they're <laughs> kind of like you're having like kind of like regain your relationship with them and then all of a sudden you're like doing that and then you have this like cooking mini game whoa and you start like everything's like quick time that's the biggest the, the, the entire combat the entire game is quick time events basically um like there's like turn based so anyway but like the point is you like select something and then they'll be like a and you have to like click a just at the right time when it like pops up or if you're slow you get like a, a slightly lower score or whatever 
and you know there's like spinning the control stick and blah blah blah. this would be a great game if they if they were ever like this would be a cool playstation only game with like dual sense things probably mm, yeah it wasn't but that would be cool but yeah there's like a cooking mini game all of a sudden you're making all these like delicious indian dishes or sri lankan dishes and they're like talking about them and describing them as you do it and then you're also like having conversations with your parents where you're like kind of like fighting about stuff that you used to get into and you have like little discussions you can like choose options and you get like different like personality things based on that and then all of a sudden you have to like go to town and like go to meet some of these like exes or whatever you're doing errands and it's a skateboarding minigame and now when you're in the main <laughs> square you're skateboarding everywhere um and it's like not a huge space but it's like varied and open enough that you can kind of move around in this little like town square very much like an old ps2 style like space like it's yeah. pretty small but it's got like little little tricks and little grind rails that take you into funny little spots on top of there but that part's really fun at first it's like kind of awkward and like seems kind of limiting but you get the you get used to it now the funny thing is it's all like trophy based or like achievement based like there's no the game gives you nothing for doing well at skating the mini game doesn't matter in any way same with like making the food if your score isn't good enough it doesn't really matter it's right. more like about getting the achievement that you like got really high cooking skill or whatever because you did a good job at making the food but you still make it either way but that's that's really fun and then just the other and then of course there's the fighting mini game so you get as soon as you like you're fighting these you can um your grandmother sent all because the big story thing is you come back and then your sister who your strange sister is getting married and you didn't know She's getting married like this month. So there's oh. like, kind of this timeline on like you weren't invited. You have this fault. You, your sister's like the only people who like won't talk to you basically. And you have to like patch things up. And we still haven't seen her. You also have this like narrator character who is kind of like you're talking to yourself in the back of your head about all the time. And it's kind of like this version of your sister. Very strange. But anyway, the point is your grandmother sent all these like <laughs> like thirsty Indian men, random dudes to like come to the wedding and so like you can you run into them all the time and they like they like moonwalk in and they're like hey like i'm a doctor did you know and you have to like basically like the the combat's really great you basically can use taunts on everyone so you can use like a thirsty taunt where you like do this you like get on your knees and you like blink your eyelashes and then they go like oh my god i'm so turned on and then it weakens them so they all everyone has different weaknesses or you can do one where you like heartbreaking taunts so you like say something like really mean to them and then they get like really heartbroken so like you can do taunts that like then make some of your skills better if, if the taunt worked on them wow or you can do like an angry taunt so if it's like someone who's hot-headed you can like tell them something mean and then you can do angry attacks because they're weakened now it's a lot of fun and so you can do it to these like indian men and they'll be so thirsty or something that they're like <laughs> it like totally wrecks them and it weakens them and you can use your thirsty dunks or whatever <laughs> and uh it's so funny and then uh yeah and then there's like the combat with your thirsty suitors like the exes um where you're trying to kind of like make the, it's very much like a persona sort of thing like an end boss like, where you're kind of like you're doing like a fight and then through the fight like you go into like you always go into this like dream world of theirs where they're more powerful mm -hmm. kind of and so like there's no there's no actual like it's just in the one fight you're not like moving through a palace or anything right, right. but as soon as you kind of like start arguing with this person you like cheated on your girlfriend with in ninth grade or something <laughs> then you like and it's all very silly right and then you go into like their world one guy was like a veterinarian he had his cat on his like a baby bjorn on his chest <laughs> and the cat turns into this giant tiger and is British and starts like talking about how he's protecting the guy because the guy is like so sensitive. And then the guy's like fanning the cat and it heals the cat every time and stuff. But the like, entire time you're having the fight, you're like taunting, you're trying to taunt the cat, you're trying to taunt the guy. And then you have like in between the hits, you're like having conversations and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so sensitive and this is why you never, you know, this is why it was so hard for me and you never realized. And then like by the end of the every fight, you kind of like make up with them and then it kind of like and then you can start like kind of romancing that person or just be friends with them. It's really cool. Really, really. It's just like 
exactly my game. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally a ball game. Um, and there's this also entire side story where there's like this weird person in a bear mascot costume who's like running the abandoned skate park and has a cult of teenagers. Wow. Who he's like trying to like <laughs> influence, but it's all kind of like tongue in cheek, but also weird. But yeah, the humor is great. The the heartfelt like re- like relationship esque like um being non toxic and like trying to like figure out being like emotionally literate and stuff is like a really cool storyline and like through line. It's just so fun, and I'm and and I'm just having a total blast. And also, there's a, a mechanic where every night when you're finished doing all your stuff, you come home, and it's not like day by day, really. I don't think, but every night when you've done all the things you could do that day or something, they kind of like go back home, and your dad's always up watching TV in the dark. And you kind of come over and you like have a little bonding conversation with him and then you fall asleep and he always like piggybacks your like 25 year old ass upstairs, <laughs> which is like totally adorable. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it's just a lot of fun. So that was an entire description of thirsty yeah. suitors, but I'm just like, I'm having a total blast. Um, I'm definitely going to finish this game. I don't know if I get like hundred percent it just cause like once I'm done doing the main story stuff, if it's like, I didn't cook some of the things to like the highest score, I don't know if I'll bother going back and doing that right. but i'm definitely going to keep playing through the game and i'm i don't think i'm that far off so yeah that's really cool very good yeah totally totally a paul game i'm glad you're having fun with it yeah really really excited and then the only last thing is just, just that basically the only reason i haven't played just or just yet or whatever the fuck you say uh is just because i've been playing thirsty series so much and i don't want to stop my role but once that's done hopefully next week i'll be able to talk about how much i've been enjoying that game as well yeah, that one that one's intriguing to me too. I'm really excited for you to play that and hear about it. Kind of has like Sable vibes, a little bit for me, which bit. is very exciting. Remember about Sable review coming yeah, soon. Coming soon. Uh, Matt, what have you been playing this week? So I'll get into it in a second here. If you hear any little yips or noises in the background, I don't know if you have, but my dog is asleep on her little bed right behind me, making noises oh. in her sleep. So she's having That's puppy adorable. dreams. So this week I played a little bit of WoW Classic. Leveled a little bit on my Paladin, still enjoying it. Just a fun time. It's hard to play right now when you know Season of Discovery is coming in a couple weeks, but still fun regardless. I think that's actually a testament to WoW Classic because most games I would just be like, eh, I'm not going to play this at all because something new is coming really soon. Like I I couldn't get get myself up for it, but... What? Yeah, whoa, (laughs) yeah. Uh, But no, it's, uh, it's good stuff. Played some Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Game just came out. Multiplayer launched on Friday, so I jumped on in. Now, playing a Call of Duty multiplayer fresh at launch is always nice because everyone doesn't already have everything unlocked and people are all figuring out the maps together, although a little bit different here because a lot of stuff carries over from Modern Warfare 2 and a lot of the maps are remakes of old maps that were in call of duty years and years ago so there's some familiarity for a lot of people already i will say i know it's a beloved map but i hate the rust map i don't like it it's it's basically like shipment where everyone just kills each other immediately like the second you spawn you're either shooting someone or someone is shooting you yeah okay not big on that no It's kind of a level playing field, but at the same time, you have people who just know life this game right away. So you have some people who have already unlocked everything a day or two in, but it's fun. It's basically more Modern Warfare 2 with new weapons. And then, like I said, everything from the last game carries over. So your weapons, your operators, your skins, all that kind of stuff, it's all carried over. 
which was yep. really nice. Well, because as the rumors are coming out here, the, the this is basically initially possibly meant to be like a Modern Warfare 2 DLC. Yeah, it was supposed to be DLC because they were like, yeah, we're not doing Call of Duty every year now. And then all of a sudden, now it's a new Call of Duty a year later. So <laughs> it was supposed to be DLC and the campaign sucks. I'm not interested in the campaign anyway, especially after the terrible reviews. I didn't end up finishing the Modern Warfare 2 campaign. I typically yeah. do like the Call of Duty campaigns, but I didn't finish that one. I wasn't interested in this one at all. I just like the multiplayer. I don't even really play Warzone. I just like COD multiplayer a lot. It's a lot of fun. So that's why I got it. And I played like all day yesterday and had a great time. That's great. I love that. That's a good twist. It's like, hey, if you just want to play multiplayer and you're not like some weird like Call of Duty obsessive where you're like, these maps are like not the newest or whatever. Yeah. Then you're probably going to have a great time playing Modern Warfare 3. And like all the people who are like, this is ridiculous. It's like, well. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it's funny because I keep seeing these articles on Reddit like about how bad the game is and everything. And yeah. it's like, but those articles are focusing on the campaign. And how, what percentage of people who play Call of Duty play the campaign? Yeah, agreed. It's like the it's the people who are obsessive. That's it. like people who are like big Call of Duty heads. So they're like the vocal minority, right? Who are probably the ones complaining like Josh. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, like I think a, like a, a, a lot of the people who are big Call of Duty fans don't even really care that the campaign sucks. Like, yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's just a way for people to complain about call of duty, to be honest. And yeah, yeah. the fact that the campaign is bad and they're charging a full price isn't good, obviously, but 95% of people who play call of duty on online don't have never even opened reddit.com probably. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and call of duty is one of those things where like you have to review the campaign and multiplayer separately because they're completely different entities essentially. But I'm enjoying it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I wish I had friends to play with, but it's okay. I can <laughs> I can queue up and just join a team deathmatch or domination and be totally. Dude, I want to play this game. I'm just like 90 bucks Canadian yeah, plus tax. And also, also gotta say, um, as much as I don't care that the game like sucks or whatever, that's fine. Like if the if it's like, but I'm not happy about the crunch. I'm not not pleased. I'm not like no judgment on you. I don't care. I don't think boycotting is necessarily effective. But I'm just like I'm not feeling great about buying the game on launch when I'm like. You know, they they fucking killed these people, man. Not literally, but people were like working nights, weekends to like put out this Call of Duty last minute. And then the Call of Duty ends up sucking too. And it's like, <laughs> man, like that's just brutal, man. Like it, it is sucky. Like I do feel really yeah. bad. Like clearly this was like bad management that caused the game to be bad and it caused like all the bad will and everything as well. And so I do like get people complaining about it. It's just like for the average person like you and me who just want to play multiplayer, I'm sure it's a lot of fun. I'm just like, <laughs> that's that's my takeaway here. I feel like. I saw someone say that this is like Bobby Kotick's parting gift to us. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Just a big shit. Yeah. <laughs> One last time. It is going to be really interesting to see what Call of Duty does under Microsoft. 100%. So, and then next up, Warcraft Rumble. Still working my way through this game and honestly enjoying it more and more the more that I continue to play. I still think the onboarding for this game is absolute dog shit. You kind of just have to figure things out over time. But I heavily use the pause feature. You can pause anytime. You can select units, see what they are exactly, their strengths, their weaknesses. Of course, you can't do this during a PvP, I imagine. But I haven't tried PvP yet. I'm kind of scared to try PvP <laughs> in mm -hmm. this game. Because, I mean, I imagine the PvP stuff is totally pay to win. So yeah. I don't know if they match you up against like similar levels or... 
I don't know how they do it, so I'm a little a little scared to jump into that. But uh, yeah. the PVE stuff is fun. Does the game come off like that? Like pay to win? Like depending on what unit? Does like I mean, don't you get the same units? Or it's I guess I don't really know the monetization of this game. So there's a limited number of units, and I probably almost have all of them already. But right. each unit levels up. So like. You get new, oh. you get as you buy with the gold more copies of the units. It it turns them from like gray to, start, to uncommon yeah, yeah, yeah. to I get it, I get blue it. to epic or whatever. And so oh shit, yeah, and the and it levels the units up, so the units have their own individual levels as well. And you can use money for this, I, I assume, I guess. Yeah, because you can just buy gold, and then there's shit. this thing called the grid, where like if you buy a mini off the grid then it shifts it all down and then you have new minis pop up and it's all randomized, I think. And so if you just have unlimited gold, you can just keep buying minis. So yeah, I mean, you could just buy everything in the game and just keep leveling them up. Yeah, that's fair. But it's fun. The PVE stuff is fun and fairly free to play. I think what's recommended typically is soon after you play the first few levels, they give you this like it's i don't know what it's called but it's like the basic pack that they offer you and it's like twenty dollars okay. <laughs> reminds me of that one dollar diablo immortal yeah pack. yeah <laughs> and like it, it it greatly increases the rate at which you level up and and gain gold and gain, oh it's gain like resources. being like it's like a like a subscription like a vip subscription thing where you like get a better version of the game yeah basically. so the game it's basically a twenty dollar game like if you yeah. if you want to play free to play you you should probably get that pack. And then even if you don't want to get anything else, so it's basically a $20 game. I don't hate that concept. I don't either. For mobile games to make sense, like make it accessible so you could get in and just like understand what the game is and you could get by, but then you have like a flat fee once to kind of get you like a better version of the game. Yeah, it's it. I wouldn't mind it as much if everything else wasn't also just totally pay to win. I was going to say if, if the only transaction was just a one-time flat fee yeah. and then it made the game amazing and like completely no longer had microtransactions, that would be fucking killer. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would, that's the way to do it, you know, yeah. but we'll never see that because they're going to make a shit ton of money just selling gold all the time. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, it's not bad for a, for a mobile game. It's, it's pretty solid to be completely honest. Although the onboarding yeah. is total shit. All right, well, let's move on to a special shout out. Paul and I are going to give a special shout out to anyone or anything of our choice from the world of video games and provide a quick reason why it's lucky someone is getting this attention. Paul, your special shout out, please. Special shout out to Sergio from Thirsty Suitors. Uh, Comes off like a bit of a douchebag, but he's got a heart of gold and he's a great dancer. I almost forgot to mention there's a dancing mini game that (laughs) like 10 hours in I just discovered and it's like a totally extra thing. Nice. Thank you, Sergio. Do you think you're near the end of the game or is there a lot? I think so. I've met like everyone but one suitor and I think I'm about to and I don't think there's like that much game. So I probably I think I probably have maybe like five hours left of like actual story. Maybe a special shout out to all of the game directors trying to lead their teams, making the next generation of MMOs right now. No pressure, of course, but the entire future of the genre does, of course, rest in your (laughs) hands. So good luck. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Gaming Our 30s podcast. Now, if you really like the show, we do encourage you to check out patreon.com slash goodnightgroups, where we currently have two different tiers available. Any and all support is greatly appreciated, but the $3 plus tier gets you access to the show three days early. Three bucks, three days. 
A special shout out to the honorary groups who support us in the $5 plus tier. That's Andre D, Cole T, James S, and Jeremy R. A round of applause for them, please. We also ask that you take a couple minutes to drop a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure to check out goodnightgroups.com for all of the content where you're going to find this podcast and the YouTube channel with a bunch of shows from Mike, Josh, and Fabe. They finished up Dark Souls. They had the Halloween-themed Southern Fried Ghouls, and they are working right now on the refresh, the brand new look for Southern Fried Groups, and then some other things coming soon as well. On the website, you're also going to find a link to the community Discord where you can hang out with everyone, get the quickest updates, and chat with everyone on a daily basis. You can see Moop Moop's memes. <laughs> it sounds like a strange shop. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It's like a little mom and pop shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before we get out of here, Paul, though, do we have any final thoughts? Absolutely. Introducing uh, in, season, uh, in Season of Discovery, World of Warcraft, the level 40 band uh, has r- some new runes, of course, and also WoW tokens. So get excited. <laughs> God. Yeah. That, <laughs> there's no way. There's no way they have the balls <laughs> to do that. That'll do it for us here today. Thank you for joining us. Take care, everyone. Good night, Grooves.